This podcast is sponsored by Notion Refinery. Do you play Battletech or MechWarrior? Are you looking for a unique insignia for your unit? Or does your old logo need an update? Well, Mark over at Notion Refinery has an extensive background in the lore of Battletech, and he grew up playing the games we love. His work has appeared in official products by Catalyst Game Labs and Piranha Games. Take a look at NotionRefinery.com to see if his work is right for you, or reach out to him at contact at NotionRefinery.com. This information can be found in the description below. Thank you to all my patrons out there for supporting my creation of content over on YouTube, Twitch, and of course, the podcast. Speaking of podcasts, quick shout out to my three podcast sponsors, Crush Gaming, Chad, and Stuart. Thank you guys for the support. I appreciate you. Guess introduce yourself. Uh, like, let's just go to roll into that. So, uh, anyways, thanks for uh, doing this podcast, man. Um, and uh, I'm gonna let you introduce yourself and uh, out there because for the longest time I called you by the, uh, the wrong name, and so I figure it's only appropriate. You, you, and a lot of lot of the rest of the community. Yeah. So uh, my in-game name is Krasno Pesky. Um, I am a member of the Cauldron. I'm the team leader of First Jaguar Guards, and I'm also one of the MWO Comp admins. Have been for a couple of years. I was gonna say. So, you, how long have you been playing MWO? Oh, I mean, since the start. Like since it started, I suppose. Yeah. Like, I don't. I, I might have briefly played the close better, but not under my my account. So I would have started playing like 2013 when it was sort of properly released on mm. under my actual account. Yeah, yeah, I think I played under a friend's account in close better, just like you know having a go. Yeah. But yeah, for, for a long time. Yeah. Okay. So you've been around since the beginning. So obviously the cauldron, what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to talk to as many of you as possible. Cause I feel like it's really important to put a, not only a name, but a face and then people can understand like who is, who are, who are these people, right? Why do yeah. these people represent me? Why, you know, are they given the helm and not others and so forth and so on. So like, um, obviously we're going to talk about a few things today, but I feel like it was really important for people to like, again get to know who you are and first off like why why are you getting into this why did you get into like you know working with pgi or the cauldron like w what drew you into this um well of course it's like it's a hobby of course so it's you know something on the side that i do in my life um i really enjoy playing mwo um there's not really you know there's not really another game that sort of works that way i've always loved the battletech universe played you know, I started playing MechWarrior 2, MechWarrior 3, Mech Commander, all those games in the 90s. And so it's, you know, it's just a natural sort of thing for me to continue on doing. Um, and I suppose, you know, there's, I see a lot of potential in MWO to be much better than it has been. Um, and now with the renewed focus that PGI has on the game, you know, for whatever reason, um, I think it's a great thing that, we can work, you know, work with PGI essentially. So it's just, it's something that's, you know, it's also very interesting as a personal, you know, I'm, I'm not a game developer by any means, of course, you know, I work in a completely different industry to that, but um, it's interesting looking into that sort of getting a different perspective, I suppose, in a different industry that's not in my profession. Yeah. Let me point something out really quickly. You in particular, when I would listen, because I've sat on a few of the meetings with you and, and PGI and the Cauldron, and you in particular, and this is why I reached out to you, you bring a different level of perspective and focus 
does that have to do with your current job? I mean, you don't have to talk about it. I just, it seems like you have a way to separate self and like, hey, you know, like the the job or something. Like when, when you were talking, like I, I could see that you're like, okay, you, you would cut and slice and be like, okay, we got to focus on that, Roger that. Like you you knew the business and the 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 separation yeah. of, of that. You seem to, is that because of your career and, and job or? Yeah, so my the majority of my career focused on education. I'm currently a, a, um, a deputy principal in a private school here in Chile. Um, but I've also done things like, you know, project management in the past as well, which okay. I suppose, you know, yep. which is what you're seeing, you know, doing that sort of, that more project management directing and focusing and having a concept of what, you know, what the goal is, is really important. So, for example, you often see in a lot of the dialogue of the cauldron that, you know, it'll be around, we want to make the game more fun, which is a very broad and subjective sense. But that was sort of something I introduced as, as a good broad goal for us to have. Yeah. Because there were a lot of different ideas about what we wanted to do. And there are, because there are. There's lots of different things we want to do. But at the end of the day, you know, the concept is you, you want to make the game more enjoyable, more fun. And then that does a lot of things as a result. You know, it gets more people playing the game and it creates more player attention. And then if you want to look at it from like a selfish perspective, then, you know, the, the game is, is better for, for me to play, I suppose. Sure. Yeah. You know, there's more people, there's more competition. You know, the comp scene will get better, so that's one thing I really enjoy playing. You know, more people who are skilled will come back to the game, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Sure. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Like even personally, like I want the game to get more people. I, I want it to get more attention. You, you, you said something earlier. You said there's still a lot of potential. Or you think there's a lot of potential in the game, and I've said that, and I, I think it's true. Like um, I was talking to Darren recently. Um, it wasn't online. I was talking to him. And I was like, you know what, what you guys are sort of doing right now, it's sort of like you're stabilizing a, a, a trauma victim, you're right? You're stabilizing something that's been dying, right? And that's with the help yeah. of you guys, right? In the game, the game was dying, right? Like Definitely, physically. Yeah. So you got to stop the bleeding, you know, control that and, and, and stuff. But one of the things that, I, you know, that popped in my head after I made that statement was, okay, once you stabilize, which is in my opinion, the next few months that you guys get the balance and stuff, you know, like once you stabilize, I was like, what's, what's next? And that the potential right. there, right? right? Right. Like, and so like, you, what, why, why do you, when you say potential, what does that mean in, to you? To me, um, well, I suppose I draw comparisons to other situations that I've seen, like exactly what's unfolding now and they've done it successfully. So a game that I used to play, you know, going through mainly high school, I suppose, was RuneScape. I'm sure plenty of people have maybe played it or at least heard of it. So RuneScape, you know, started around 2000 um, and it's gone through multiple different iterations. And it was sort of a... I, I stopped playing in the middle, as many people did, because of decisions that the developer of RuneScape made. So they did a similar thing that PGI has done. They, they started off strong. They grew very well. Then they made a lot of different decisions that essentially drove people away from the game and made the game less popular. And that died for quite a while. At the moment, it's going, for the for, for years now, it's been going through a resurgence and it's more popular than ever. And this is a game that started in literally 2000, like yeah. the year 2000. And so currently it's it's still quite populated. It's got, you know, a big, very large community, you know, much bigger than MWO by far. Um, and it's, and the company's still, it's main. It's the main product of its company, Jagex, that runs it. Um, and 
And, you know, and one of the main, funnily enough, one of the main things they did is they brought back an older version of the game. One. So you can already see yep, correlations parallels. here. Yep, yep. And, and one of the hugest things they did was they did it a bit different to how, what's happening in MechWarrior. They literally made it completely community-driven. So they said, okay, here's a version of the game that we've noticed a lot of people love, right? We've got a copy of it. We're just going to put it out there and we're going to call it RuneScape, RuneScape Classic. Okay, or 2007 scape they call it. And now any change we make to this game needs to be majority player driven. So they say, okay, well, after 2007, there's, there were these things introduced the game. We want to bring them back, but we're going to make it a, a community poll and it has to reach like two thirds majority, for example. I don't know exactly. Yeah. On the community poll for it to be implemented or maybe even 75%. It needs to have a majority of the community say, yes, we want that in the game. And that's what they're still doing today. And they've been doing that for years now, like five years or something they've been doing this. And it's just getting more and more popular. Yeah. So it's, it's almost exact. It's a very similar situation what's happening here, just on a larger scale because the game's more popular. Sure. Yeah. Well, that's, you mentioned bringing the game back to basically a state that everyone enjoyed. And I mean, that is... Four years ago, that that's about four or five years ago, like right for MechWarrior terms. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like it might highlight. it might differ a lot for everyone. What the the time frame I hear the most is pre Kodiak, yeah, essentially. Pre so early 2016, around then, that was what a lot of people that I it, like that I communicate regularly with regard as like the point of most balance. Now the problem is for MechWarrior, we do have a lot of good stuff, new stuff now from that period that we're obviously not going to throw out. So it's not exactly the same where we do it. Okay, let's just roll back to the start of 2016 and then go okay. from there because there's a lot of stuff, including new tech and heaps of new mechs and everything that you know we don't need to get rid of. Okay. But the same sense of, um, I suppose, looking at gameplay balance and looking at, you know, well, just today, mech mobility, the, the first pass of mech mobility, the concepts from the Cauldron were released to the public mm -hmm. today. So that a lot of that is based on, um, well, that's pre-December 2015 agility stats. So moving back more towards those yeah. sort of stats. And what's interesting, I, uh, obviously, you know, and a lot of people know, I did contract work for PGI. I was actually one of the, the individuals uh, working with Chris on engine desync. And 2015 was before engine desync, if, I, if I'm correct. I, yeah, it was. Yeah, so t December 2015, um, they changed the at the time, you know, the skill tree. Yep. It was essentially an agility nerf. They reduced yes. a lot of the impact the skill tree had in December 2015. Yeah. And then in 2016 or something, that was when there was the actual, you know, the desync. engine desync occurred. Yeah. So a lot it was of like a double got, whammy. Yeah, they got yeah. they got hit twice because yeah. some mech, not all, some mechs actually got a little bit better from engine desync. Of course, it just depended, but a lot of them got worse. But if you compare like pre December twenty fifteen and then engine desync, some mechs got like hit twice in a row, and so they went from you know in the space of a year they went from very viable and usable yeah. to not. Yeah. Let me ask you uh, in that regard. I. Maybe because I'm too close to the sun, I, I feel like I've been detached from it for a while. I have no like skin in you know the game as far as like engine desync, but mm -hmm. it gets brought up time and time again. And my main thing is and highlight to people is like, hey, don't forget there were mechs like the BJ and the Cataphract and all the mechs had 250 or below engines that got hosed, absolutely hosed with uh, the the multiplier, if you will. The problem mm -hmm. was the numbers that were pre desync and pre-skill tree, it never 
they never lived up. Like I think I gave the yeah. uh, Locust like it was like 175 percent Excel or whatever, but it needed that at the time to 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 be able to juke and jive and all that. Well, unfortunately, I wasn't the one in charge of rolling those numbers over to the skill tree and or desync. And those numbers were never the same. And so, like, do you feel that it still has a place in the game? Or do you feel that the multiplier, there should be a benefit in having a larger engine? Out, you know, like, how do you feel about it? In yeah, the- yeah. Yeah, no, so so I I don't I think engine desync as a concept was good because um you know I mean the benefit of a larger engine is you get to move faster which has a lot of benefits I don't think agility necessarily needs to be tied just to having a larger engine I think that concept's fine I don't what a major problem in my mind was engine desync happened at the same time as the skill tree right. I think a lot of the assumptions were, and I could be wrong on this, you know, but from my perspective, at least, a lot of the assumptions were, well, you know, with the skill tree, you can increase mechs to even better they were, or like you can use that skill tree to do it. But in reality, what happens in a competitive sense, and I'm not saying competitive as in comp, like even if you want to be competitive and play well in quick play, a lot of the time you can't afford to invest very heavily into the mobility tree because the other trees are just better. So functionally, what ends up happening is you just go, well, you know, technically I could get, you know, my mech more agile than it was before, or I could bring it up to at least parity. But now it's missing out on all these other things that the other mechs aren't missing out on. You know, yeah. if you have a mech and you ha- and to make it agile and nice, you have to invest heavily in the mobility tree. Then there's other mechs that don't need to do that. Those other mechs will have more armor, more yeah. firepower, more cooling, yeah. you know, more more sensor. Sensor nodes, you know, radar deprivation, more strikes. So it's I lo- I, a know, good comparison. That's a big I always, problem with that concept. Yeah, yeah. I, I look at the Timby. As soon as the Timby got hit, everyone's like, "You got to buff it because if you don't, I'm just gonna go play the Cauldron because it's lighter and guess what? It has actually has more pod space, has 28 mm-hmm. tons, but it's more agile just because it's a 65 ton. So like that's it's yeah. I, and that, I call and that's it exactly like, what happened, right? Yeah, it's if it's whack a mole. The Cauldron born and that yeah, was it. Yeah. yeah. I, I just feel like, uh, and, and I feel like we could definitely dive. I, I don't want to cover skill tree just yet, but obviously because we're here. Um, I just feel like it brings up another thing I wanted to ask you, which is at the time, I feel like what you basically had in MWO's history is you had a, a very small, and by small, I mean like uh, Paul at the time and Chris uh, making decisions on a game. In a, glo- in a global sense of things. You guys, there's like 20 of you. Do you feel like, obviously I already know the answer to this, but I, I just feel like, it, just to point out that I feel like it's so important of why you need so many different perspectives. And I see it every single do- a day in your guys' Discord of like, you guys will be talking some- something and someone of you is like, yeah, no, that's, that you know, or, oh yeah, you know, I just feel like it's so important to have a whole set of eyeballs and not necessarily even tell you guys like one's right or wrong, but it's like, Oh, Hey, just FYI, if like you do that, you just, we have this thing over here. Don't forget like this. And someone's like, Oh yeah. You know, like, and I feel like it's so important that you have to have that sort of over oversight, I guess, you know, or... you have different perspectives. So yeah. it helps, it helps people bring up things. How's that and been yeah, for you? Um... Yeah, that's it's been good. I like. I definitely think there's strength in numbers, so to speak. Yeah. Um, and 
like, and uh, I, I can draw comparisons again to other games, right? Like I sort of did with RuneScape and the other concept we were talking about before of reviving the game. In this particular instance, there are there are plenty of games that are quite popular that have had very a, a large involvement of you know community people in terms of direct contact and meetings and stuff around balance. Yeah. Um, Eve Online is one yeah. that I know of. Eve Online has you know I don't know what they call theirs, but they've essentially got a council of very invested you know knowledgeable players that work directly with the developers on you know balance updates and updates and things right yeah and they're quite that's a quite a successful game so there's there's again there's precedence of um you know having groups of plays lots of competitive games like starcraft 2 definitely consult with starcraft 2 professional gamers you know and we don't of course don't have any professional gamers in mech warrior online it's too small for that sort of thing to happen but you can draw comparisons you know across the board with different things like that so i think it's really useful um to have yes one multiple perspectives and more people looking at the balance two to have people who um play the game a lot and have like a very deep knowledge of the game i think those are both um really important aspects to have um being like just having being a game developer and working in the game industry of course is beneficial as well um and that's something well, of course, I don't know the professions of everyone in the cauldron, but I don't think we have any, you know, dedicated game developers, so to speak. Yeah. Like we don't have any people who their profession is. And and that makes sense to some extent, because if that's your day job, are you really going to do that as a hobby as well? Unpaid? Maybe. I don't know. Maybe, but. Uh, Maybe. <laughs> you yeah. know, but most likely not. Yeah, most no, likely yeah. you'd, you'd want to get paid for your work if that's yeah. your profession. Um, so I think all those different elements are really important. And it was. I wasn't involved earlier, like, you know, 2017, 2018, when the first iteration of the Cauldron, called the Gulag back then, um, did their thing. Um, but I, I, th- I thought that it was, from an outsider's perspective back then, that it was a really great opportunity that PGI was squandering by not yep. utilizing that resource. Yep. Because they could have worked, you know, with that group of players who I wasn't involved with back then. They could have worked back then with them, you yeah. know. And I, I think we would have seen similar results. I don't know. Yeah, I, no, I, I, I don't think you would have. I, I, I think you had, you've had to have the people involved that you do now to make it work. If I'm honest, like knowing that on a personal level, uh, mm-hmm. with all due respect, uh, I, I don't think it would have worked with the people at PGI at the time. I, I just feel like the reason it's working now is because some people have moved on. Um, I feel like there was ego involved as well. And I think you need the right mindset and the right mindset, in my opinion, has been Matt and Darren of just basically saying is we are not the experts. We want to work with the community and we want to listen to the community. And of course, like you said, there are plenty of uh, like other stories of that working. I'm sure there's some that probably don't work, but also too is me and Darren, even when we did contract work back in the day, always felt that there should have been a very very good relationship with the community as far as making decisions and it just it was it was as you say squandered like it it never like even when i started doing the quirks back in the day i wasn't able to even talk about it i wasn't able to like really consult which really made it again it narrows your field view and like being able to like you know do stuff and you make errors you make mistakes you you know and so forth and so on so like I feel like the reason why it's successful now is is because of of the individuals that are 
taking the yeah. reins. Like, yeah, of course. Yeah. But that, that's with anything, right? Like, you need to have a willingness to, to work as a team and be open about things. And yeah. if that doesn't exist, then you can't collaborate with people. Yeah. But that's we're talking about very very basic like um, principles of management, of, you know, business yeah. essentially yeah. and yeah. management, right? Those those are things that are just and that you know, and that's essentials. not yeah, and that's not me like bad mouth anybody. It's just I think that's just the reality. Like I understand too, like being a game developer or designer. If you're a lead guy, a Paul or whatever, he's got a million. You know, he's got multiple not a million. He's got a, multiple people underneath them. He's dealing with the QA. He's doing all this stuff. Like he, he, he doesn't have the literally physical time to like sometimes, uh, you know, reach out and have conversations on a daily basis. I, I get it, but I just feel like, um, I feel like the game is going in a good direction, but that sort of leads me to one of the things I want to talk to you today about. We'll talk about the weapons and, and April and what's majility and stuff like that. But I feel like that being said you guys are stabilizing or bringing the game back to a, a level one of the discussion topics that i think if it doesn't happen now and i know it's happening behind the scenes which is we need to talk about the solo and group experience and mm -hmm. i wanted to get your perspective on things and then i also wanted to you know throw some stuff out out at you of i feel that it's maybe not do right this second but I feel like a decision has to be made of what direction the game's going, whether you're going to keep it the way it is, solo and groups together, split them. What, what is the, the purpose of quick play versus other game modes and so forth and so on? And so I wanted to ask you, and before I give you know, any more, I want to ask you, how do you feel about the current soup queue, as it's called? For those that don't mm -hmm. know, it's basically solo and groups together. Yeah, it's a good time how for it. How do you feel about it? Do you think it's been, obviously, uh, PGI, Paul did, you know, PGI made the decision last, uh, he started talking about it in April, and I believe it went in May or June of last year of 2020, and that was because mm -hmm. the population of Group Q had gotten so low that they were getting, like, like stupid long wait times, especially in Oceanic, where it would drop down to... I mean, 600 players well, that, you know. I was living time. in the Oceanic region before that stage, oh. so I've got a perspective about yeah. that. But yeah, I can, I, I've got a, I've got an opinion, of course. Um, I think, I don't think that Soup Q being introduced last year was necessarily a bad thing, given the, um, given the, the very low population that we had and, the, and in, of course, including the limited resources that PGI was devoting to MWO at the time. So I don't think necessarily that Soup Q introduction was bad. And in fact, via its introduction, we saw certain people like Oceanic Units coming back to the game because finally they could play together with their friends. So I think that was fine. Um, there were, of course, other, other concepts floated around that weren't ultimately done, but that's neither here nor there. But looking into the future, um, as the population continues to increase, or hopefully it continues to increase, and we have... Um, new players being re retained, you know, um, and so on. I definitely think there's scope to remove the so-called soup queue and split it again. But for me, it needs... I would not completely split it. I would make a sort of a hybrid concept. Um, and I'll explain that a bit more detail now. And, and the, But the main thing is we need to be very careful in doing this. Because, yes, people have complaints about soup queue. And yes, there are issues with it, you know, 
if I go in a four man with three other JGX pilots where the win rate is extremely high. Yeah. You know? That's not to say we don't lose. We'd lose. Like I was playing Soup Q today and we lost once or twice out of, you know, however many games we played. Um so that is big issues. But um on the other hand, if you just remove Soup Q, the Oceanic community did not have a group queue properly for like two years before NA collapsed, right? And I used to live in Australia. That I don't live there any longer. I live in Chile, like I sort of mentioned before. But it, it had died well before that, right? So we saw, I suppose, the effects first. And the effects were that a lot of the scene died and a lot of the units died, essentially. They just withered away over time. Because you're going to find um, Yeah, you can't get matches with it in a group. You, you, people were, you know, sync dropping together in quick play, which is not the same. So my concept is, and this has been floated, it's not necessarily my, it's not my personal concept, it's just a concept that, you know, I like that people have talked about is, I like the 8v8 group queue concept. I think that's a good one. Um, because 8v8, you know, in groups helps helps create matches much easier than 12v12, for example. Um, attached to that, I really think that a like solo player opt-in to that would be an excellent way to make sure that the group group queue will stay alive, even in low times, like oceanic times. And of course, you know, not everyone want to opt-in, that's fine, but there should be a little bit of maybe an incentive for people opt-in. Like, oh no, if you, if you opt-in to group queue, you, you get a permanent like 5% Sea bill boost, for example. I don't. I don't I'm not going to get into the specifics of that. That needs yeah. to be balanced and considered its own right. I haven't really looked at that, but I think there should be an opt-in to the group queue for solo players to help it help populate that queue, and they should probably get some sort of incentive attached to that as well. The third consideration with that, I think there should be a kicker for groups. Just say you're a four-man group in a AP prime time on a Tuesday night. There's there's no other people around. There's not enough people opting in to get a game. After, you know, X amount of minutes, again, that's something that would have to be evaluated and looked at. You just get put into a solo game anyway. Essentially. Just say you're sitting there for four minutes as a group. You haven't got a game. They go, okay, bang, just go into a quick play game. Given the amount of quick play games that do occur, having a system like that will not have a huge impact on, you know, it won't have a massive negative impact. Maybe that, that particular quick play game will. But the quantity of games in quick play where there would be a group would be very small comparatively. Okay. So I suppose what I'm saying is it would be great if it could be done. We do need more players first. And it is something that needs to be done very carefully with a lot of consideration. Because um, just doing it, just splitting it again at this point in time, I don't think will be successful at, this, at the moment without some other things to add it on. Okay, I mean, you get, you bring up some great perspectives. Do you think there's a certain population that the game would have to reach to make this successful? I mean, is this... Do you have any particular number? Because I think we, at last month, I think it was like 23,000 in a in a month. Um, April was 24,500 or something like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. so it's well, obviously going yeah. up mobile uh, majility you know i think that'll bring more mm -hmm. more people back is do you have like a like yeah what's, a, we're what's a number you think yeah yeah like i because my 
And you also mentioned four man groups. So you're saying eight v eight, but max of four four bands is that basically what you're not saying necessarily i was just referring to that in terms of like you know getting put into quick play because okay. obviously if you have an eight-man group i would never recommend putting that into a random quick play match sure that yeah. was that was our 2013 yeah yeah <laughs> it wasn't a great time <laughs> back I, then, not necessarily. yeah that was on my uh our honeymoon when they made the decision to just go full i feel like that was pandora's box can we go back in history there do you i i compare it to um I think it was a mistake. I think it was them not capitulating because I don't feel like I feel, I feel like it's weird hearing someone say I've got buddies. I should be able to drop with as many of them as I want. And I'm like, well, what other competitive game allows that? like even quick play like World of Tanks, World of Warships, World of Warplay, like all of the comparables where you have you actually have more control in MWO than you, you like you've ever had in any of these other ones. And it, to me, it's like, well, just realize what you're doing is you're sacrificing match quality for player choice. And it may not bother you right now, but like for, for me at the time in groups, it was like, I keep going up against groups like you, you know, and where you would see a group of, emp roll around and shit then they run into jgx or you know whoever 228 and then they would like respawn of like okay we just keep seeing dropping and it was just like then you have us just caught in the middle of it like oh crap you know like i just feel like if you're if you're willing to sacrifice one don't then turn around and complain about the matchmaker because the matchmaker can only do so much right like when you have that much freedom of choice i just feel like it was a mistake from the beginning to allow that that big of it's Pandora's box. And the the only reason I got pulled back was because Group Q basically died. Like that was the only reason they made the adjustment last April. Like Yeah. You know. So um I just didn't know if there was this particular number, like, yeah, but I guess you can't you don't really know. Um No, I mean I'd 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 definitely be looking at thirty thousand plus. Yeah. I would think. Yeah, I mean, it, it, pro it could be successful now if you just split it and made it eight v eight group queue, and that's it, and then you did it. It'll it'll be successful, you know, in a prime time most nights. Yeah, do you but it won't be successful AP prime time. That's the problem. Sure. Um, do you feel that if you did that, what does the group queue look like? Because like, I think a lot of stomps as well. I, I hear like a lot of concerns. People are like, saying like, hey, you know, like if you just do group queue like how are you going to balance uh you know is it'll be like faction play yeah you just yeah whatever happens happens and you get yeah your how best. else will you do it i mean yeah well like the, the skill disparity between groups is very large yeah and so there's you need there's multiple considerations that happen right like you you say like you can do it the the old the very very old school system way was just elo based sure. and what ended up happening for the people who had the top elo was they'd sit there for 15 minutes and not get a match because yeah. it'd go, oh, no, we've got all these other other teams, you know, and people that are similar, we'll drop them instead. Yeah. So there's no, there's, it's a hard way to win either way. If you have 100,000 players a month. It's a little bit less. Easy. Well, yeah, yeah, you, yeah. yeah no, you're I'm, winning. Sorry, I'm, over, I'm overestimating. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. The more players that you have available. Yeah, the more options you have. The easier it is. To balance all this, yeah, the, I remember. The fewer players you have, the more difficult it is, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and I mean, I'm not by any means, you know, 
I can hold my own when it comes to mathematics, but I'm not the person who's going to crunch all the numbers and look at it. There's there's much better people in the community, including the cauldron, sure. who can do that. But at the end of the day, it's you need to find a happy medium. And it's always difficult because the skill disparity is quite high at times. So this brings up the the topic and sort of the, I'm going to throw you a curveball here. A few days ago on my stream, someone came into chat and they said, I believe that the merger or the split of solo and groups back in the day, um, there they said, I don't know if it was destroy the game, but they said it was bad for the game. And my first reaction was, I disagree with you. Like, mm -hmm. I think it was a, a great thing. It's never fun to have solos and groups and stuff. And they kept going on and we traded back and forth as far as like I was trying to pick their brain. And... I think we've just moved on. I had a normal stream. It is what it is. I, I mean, we just agreed to disagree. As like many times, I was actually out running, listening to a podcast, and my mind wanders. And it got me thinking, am I not being critical enough of my own bias of what I feel like? And that got me thinking is, could there actually be merit into what he was saying? And one, would you agree that the only way to control groups, even like right now, is you can't do it via tonnage. You have to limit the amount of people in groups. That That's like in the soup queue right now. To affect a group, you have to shrink them down to a three or a two to affect their mm -hmm. the pull they have on the outcome of the match, right? I think we can both yeah. agree on that, right? You can reduce them down to 100 tons. There's still going to be 100 tons of four skill, you know, like... You just yeah, yeah, no, no. It'll for for the very high end teams. Yeah. The you yeah. could run four twenty tonners and you'll have an extremely high win rate. So yeah. that being said, what it got me going down was I think what the person was trying to say is maybe just maybe, and I wanted to hear your thoughts on this. This is their idea, I believe, and that person can always uh, let me know. Was could you keep solo and groups together but rethink the experience of saying right now you can only have one four man which sometimes actually slips through and you'll have a three man and a two man so there'll be five people we've seen that multiple times i think that's intended though yeah it's, a, it's have, a blow off you don't kind of have more than yeah if you've got a four man that's the only group yeah. but you can have a two two mans or a three man and two man so what if yeah. you brought up a, a thing that i feel like is a problem with even the 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 going with which is there will be times potentially that either the match needs uh, individual solo players who opt in or at lower population times there just may not groups and you say basically it's a blow off valve and those people just be put into a, a, a solo match anyways my question is what if you just allowed three-man groups two or three-man groups in solo right now, and you allowed multiple groups, so you could have two or three groups on both sides, whatever, whatever mix match. And that really, what we're saying is, then you don't have to worry about splitting the cues in quick play at all. And that what you're searching for is what needs to be a replacement for faction play, or whatever we're going to call it. Let's it's, let's say they did the whatever, some cool badass respawn conquest mode for tug and pull of clan versus IS, whatever, whatever it is, like whatever the replacement mm -hmm. for faction, because faction play needs revamped, Solaris, we all know needs revamped, all those discussions later on in the year. What are your thoughts to that? Because one of the things that I came to the conclusion was, 
is then you no longer have to worry about, uh, you know, one form ange is dominating. You never have to worry about a population of opting in or, hey, we just can't find anybody in Oceanic timeframe. And I feel like so many people do not appreciate the suffering that you guys have or had, I should say, and actually continue to have. I know Ash and all the Oceanic players. Do you think, like, what should a quick play be? And should quick play be sort of, uh, you, you know what you you proposed a a group queue where there's no really balancing like what what does that make sense like wh how do you feel about the proposal uh and and do you see merits do you see flaws like do you have any eh, you know like yeah i mean there's and this sort of gets back to balance design as well like from stuff we're doing in the cauldron there isn't just one right way true you know, there's multiple ways it can work. And the same happens in businesses of all types. There's different ways that you can do things that come maybe to the same end result or come to slightly end results, but that are also still positive results. Sure. And sometimes, you know, certain ways will be more efficient than others. And that's, you know, game design, business decisions, those those things, you know, they all look into that, into what's more efficient, what's going to produce the results we want. Um, definitely something like that could work. And I mean, you were saying before, you know, World of Tanks has a system where it's max three, isn't it, of a group? Out of 15, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's yeah. 15 and max three. So it's a, it's a better ratio. So, yeah. you know, the group will have less impact on the game. Um, I've always thought, you know, like four-man group can definitely have a huge impact. Three-man group, even, especially if the players are a very high skill, can still have a very big impact. Getting down to a two-man, even if you have a two-man of the top-level players, yes, they'll have a big impact, but sometimes in games, they can never, they yep. can still never win, you know? Yep. So you could more balance it. So yeah, I do see merits in dropping the, the group size and then directing larger groups to somewhere else, wherever else that may be. Yeah. I can see merit in that system. Again, it's something that requires PGI, number one, of course, to implement. They need engineers to do such a thing. Yep. They need to devote their resources. They need to see the merit in it as a business, which I think they should if they want to continue to grow, you know, MechWarrior online. Um, but I really think that it's another one of those things where they should really open the board, not just not not just the cauldron saying to the whole community and say, hey, we really want to have some ideas and concepts thrown at us because we're going to devote some resources to fixing this stuff. Yeah, I think it's something they should look at. But then, rather than you know just make it community consensus, yeah, you know we gave Kraz you know a thousand votes on his random idea he came up with. Let's go with that one. It should be my. They should look at all those and compare them internally, you know, with with the relevant professionals needed, and then come out with a few proposals, you know, and but do it that, as a like iterative sort of approach. Isn't that the sort of the problem right now is? Uh, you have Matt, Darren, uh, Francois, the new map guy, and Mark Nicholson, a, a 3D modeler, modeler. Yeah, right? 3D so, model. like, I feel like what they're doing is they're leaning on the and community. And Nico, Nico as well. He's, yes. he's worked on MechWare Online, yeah. too. But I guess my point being is, like, I, I feel like that's why this, that's why I wanted to talk to you. And I, I, want, mm -hmm. I want to inspire other people to have this conversation because if no one is talking about this, and this isn't me like saying you guys are wrong about wanting 8v8 or group. I'm saying is if you if we don't have these communications, inevitably you're going to miss 
better ideas because they're just never brought up and no one's questioning. That's why like, you know, even in, you know, Navid's in chat all the time and people are like, oh yeah, they should, you know, just listen to him. I'm, I'm like, not all the time. I want to, I want to question Navid. I want to pick it apart. I want to understand all the directions he's coming from. Same thing with you. Like I, I want to be a hundred, not, I want to be as sure as I can that we haven't at least, you know, went left field and right field and talked about these things because I, I just, I just feel like, especially with this, 8v8, uh, I don't mind 8v8, 12v12. I, I'm still not convinced on that because, again, I, I, the game doesn't change. I understand, like, the numbers and stuff like that. But my pro my thing is, is, like, what is the, is it, what is better for MWO, the populate? What is the best solution for the overall population? When I, when I see, the, I think the person was bringing up is splitting those, especially with our numbers, may not, are we just going to put ourselves right back in the boat? And really, are what are you trying to solve? Are you trying to solve the groups have so much control of the outcome matches, which we've been saying for years? Uh, uh, and then two solos are like we want the randomness, but then you know, like what are what is PGI's goal here? And I, unfortunately, that's why I, I'm going full circle. Is I don't think Darren and Matt have the answers. I think they're looking to you guys, and I think they're looking to the community. For those answers and so like if we well, don't yes, talk not only do they not have the answers they also don't have the resources currently yeah so it's a bit of a moot point exactly. yeah. <laughs> i don't think at this stage they could even split the queue if they wanted to yeah they'd have to they have to get an engineer first to be able to do it they don't have one yeah so it's sort of like you know that's why i suppose i haven't really focused on it greatly because they're not at a stage where they're even capable of doing it from my perspective maybe yeah. they are but from my knowledge they're not um and funnily, you should mention it. You know, people talk about we want the randomness of having no group. From my, from my perspective, as in a tier one sense, it's the groups actually create more randomness for me. If you have a game full of just 12 solos, historically, it just NASCARs and it's very predictable. And so, as like, just say, if you want to farm, you know, farm and like do a lot of damage as a, as a very skilled player in quick play with no groups. You just, you know, take a relatively fast mech, hit sort of near the front of your NASCAR, push it along quicker than the enemy's NASCAR, trade favorably with the rear end of theirs, and you'll end up doing a thousand damage and winning the game more often than not. And it won't be, and it's, and the T1 the games have been like that for years and years. Yeah. So with implementation of groups, sometimes the four man group is actually going to do something different to that, yeah. which does create. I've like, seen that recently. More it, yeah, yeah, and that's something that when, like, for example, I play with my friends in, in Super Q, we will almost never NASCAR on literally on purpose. Yeah, we go, we don't want a NASCAR. That's part of the reason we a lot of us stop playing quick play. So let's not do it. Let's do things that aren't that, and then yeah. make it into a better match from our perspective. Well, that's why I was also saying with the idea, of this person, even if it, you don't go with this idea fully, is like saying. Yeah, why don't you just allow multiple groups and solos will be in the middle. You'll have two and three and four mans out there and everybody, you know, you have 12. We sort of used to have like, I feel like it'd be better for the game right now in popular. I mean, does that mean, you know, like. Yeah, no, no. And another problem we've actually seen since April patch, because there's so many groups, the wait times for groups are longer. Yeah. Because of the limitations of groups on quick play, yeah. especially the night the patch hit, which went to a very high number. Like, yeah. From what it has been i think it did the highest number it's been in months um like concurrent players on steam i'm talking about 
just to be clear. Um, the wait times were in the minutes for four-man yeah. groups, despite the population being bigger than ever. And that's yeah. because of the limitations of groups. Yeah. You can only have one four-man. So yeah. if you're a four-man, you've got to sit there in, li in some line that you couldn't see to get a game. But it all comes down to, and this is a complex topic and definitely not something I'm an expert on, is the way the matchmaker allocates its internal matches, how it, how it creates its matches first, then how it organizes the 24 people it's picked, which it doesn't really at the moment. Yeah. Um, you know, then you can talk about things like tonnage disparity. And then another big problem is just how you measure skill in this game, yeah. which, I mean, we, we've worked on that. And, but it's still, you know, you'll still have someone like Proton, who's arguably one of the best players ever played the game, will still be, will be rated exactly the same in terms of the matchmaker as someone who's LRM'd their way to tier one as a pretty brand new player. True. That's like, a, it, there's, very, there's no distinguishing difference from yeah. the matchmaker's perspective. They're the same. They're both tier one. They're the same. Yeah. Man, talking about skill in this game, that's another topic that's came up recently. And it was in regards at first to um, how a lot of players look at match score in PSR as like a reward instead of it being yeah. like, hey, just FYI, it's not. It's supposed to be a, a tool to say, like you just said, Proton should not go up against some you know like the idea well, would he should be, not be a, he should not be a value not necessarily shouldn't go up against or that's yeah he shouldn't be the he same shouldn't be value. evaluated in the same way as someone yeah. who is of far lesser skill yeah. but we only have five levels of psr and so you don't have mm -hmm. that finite control between like you know someone who's just at tier one and above all the way to all the way to like you don't have that like and then on top of that how matchmakers sometimes will put like an entire four man of your group and then it'll put magic pain glove and me on the same group you know it's like the other team has nobody and you're just like how yeah, why yeah, did matchmaker yeah. do that yeah well but I, I don't think there's basically any balancing factor for that and nor yeah. could it be because if it, if you're all considered tier one you're all considered tier one well that's runs of equal skill so that's what i was saying is like the idea would be what if you just reduced i guess even right now three man group max reduce the tonnage accordingly because it is you, you can do absurd things but then same time, I believe, yeah, still. right now you can. And then, but reduce that. And then also say, just allow multiples. Because like, if I go, that's one of the issues is like, I know the power of some of these four man groups or even three mans. And as, as a solo player, I'm like, I like the challenge of going against other solos, but I don't like the, you know, like maybe my group isn't, maybe we don't even have a group that's another thing whereas if you had uh three and two others maybe i just feel like if you just did that maybe it just sort of help even the odds on both sides but talk about skill for a second um yeah just in, just just before you move on to okay. the skill part of thing i mean yeah you could do that and why not just do it give it a go for a month yeah, see, what, see what, happens. what happens it's not gonna I mean, it's not gonna be the end of the world and you literally say it as that you say hey we're gonna try this out we don't. We really, honestly, don't know what the results will be, but we're going to do it. We'll see what happens. We'll evaluate it again, and if it doesn't work, then we can just revert back, and it's just a month yeah. of it, you know. And the month will be something different for people anyway. Yeah. And it's funny you yeah. mentioned uh, uh, four mans organized. I don't know how many times I've dropped a match. There'll be a four man on, on my team. I'll cue the button to talk and be like, "Hey guys, there's four of you. Anybody calling? You know, the drops? Just crickets." And I'm like, you're a four-man group. You can lead us to victory with a few choice words. Just, hey, we're going over here. 
and uh, data. I, I, I dropped with them like three times and I was like, guys, just tell us where you're going. And they were like, oh yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna hunker back here. Oh, thank you. So we just, and then we won the match. And it was just like, just use comms. So not, oh, just because someone's organized, they don't always communicate that. I'm just, if you're foreman out there, for the love of God, just mm -hmm. hit your VoIP button and just let your teammates know what you're gonna do. Um, anyways. Um, yeah, I mean, I suppose, when getting back to data and his group, they're, usually they're all Italians. This they is don't true. always have the best English. I know, I know. <laughs> so it's like, and that's not to say like a lot of them have excellent English, but if they're all, if they're all having a chat in Italian between themselves yeah, on I Discord, yeah. they yeah. might not necessarily be even paying attention to what's being said in game. Yeah. And, and in saying that, on a few of my accounts, not my main account, but I, have, I play a few different alts, um, some of them I just have the voice comms turned completely off. Off, yeah. yeah. It's just off. It's just never even on. So, I yeah. mean, it's... There's, I understand what you're getting at in terms of if you're a four-man team, you should be working with the team and definitely, ideally, verbalizing with them. But it's in my mind, it's not an obligation. Yeah. One thing I often do, though, is I'll, I'll take you know, the command and I'll put down the map markers. I'll literally just put down attack here. And you've probably seen me do it before because yep. I do it a lot of matches. I'll literally put attack here, attack here. Usually the anti-NASCAR way. <laughs> like, don't NASCAR, let's go left, you know? Well, and that'll just be what I do. And then, funnily, funnily enough, a lot of the time the people will actually follow that, especially if you're a, if you're a four-man and you just go that way. Because yeah. then, well, that's like a third, a third of the team's gone there. I better go there anyway. Yeah. Uh, speaking that of anti-NASCAR, I've had some interesting matches uh, around patch day that I saw a lot of names I hadn't seen before. And it it was interesting because I feel like that old guard came back and it was just like, yeah, why are you, like they didn't, they didn't NASCAR. They just held the positions on the map, even like on Canyon with like no comms. And it was just, it was one of those things where I, I've been critical of, like, it's not always, it's, it's, it's a multitude of map design, player choice, like in behavior, uh, it's very it's then, very difficult to ascertain exactly. And the game design, it, right? Yeah, it's like three different things yeah, of like oh, probably more. I would say like it's a yeah, lot. Oh yeah, yeah, a lot yeah. of stuff goes into it. Yeah, but like we used to not have NASCAR as much. Uh, was that because we were in group queue and we were organized and the and the other teammates knew? Yeah, you just hold these points. You let your lights work together. You do you know like was it that? Is that why my memory is skewed? Is because when they made that change and I was dropping in groups all the time. I, I I just didn't see as much of it, and it's still going on. And so, like, um, I don't I don't know, but uh, it's interesting when you talk about NASCAR. Obviously, we've got some map changes coming to Canaan Network in May from Francois. You guys have sat down and worked um, and talked with him uh, specifically. Yeah. I haven't had him on the podcast yet, but um, uh, Bearclaw has said he's loved the conversations that have happened. Do you have anything? He's in really particular really to nice to that? Yeah, yeah. He's really he's really um. He's very enthusiastic. He's a nice person just to just talk to. Um, in terms of you know what he'll do with the maps and everything, of course that's that's to be seen because we haven't really we haven't really gotten anything yet to to look at. But yeah, it'll be really interesting to see um, how the concepts and ideas that he implements eventuate and whether they do you know have an impact on NASCAR or you know I mean when you you could discuss NASCAR with you know a hundred people in the community. If you made them do an analysis of why NASCAR happens, there's going to be commonalities between them all, but there's also going to be a lot of differences, right? Sure. And they might not all be wrong. Maybe it comes down to a lot of things. It's very hard to ascertain exactly 
why it happens and you know people have different re reasons they think and um but i mean at the end of the day it's it's very it's a very difficult thing to pin down exactly why and how and what goes into it well, you could it's... stop it you just put a big you put a big wall on the right side that's unscalable yeah. And then you can't NASCAR, right? Well, <laughs> you I can mean, physically stop it, but it's... is that actually a good idea? Yeah. Probably not. Well, I guess it's like, what causes it, right? We see the effect on yeah. some of the maps, right? And some of it's Canyon and others, uh, HPG, it's exacerbated by the, because like you have no man's land, you can't like protect yourself, you can't maneuver, there's no places to like Cent hold. Central objects, right? Yeah. Like are always yeah. a big NASCAR yeah. thing. You've got it on bog. Well, that big hill in the middle that NASCAR Caustic, always have Caustic around. Valley, yeah. Caustic I mean, Valley's got the Caldera. You've got HPG, HPG where it's, of course, you'll just go around. I mean, that's definitely a big part of it, certain map designs. Canyon Network as well. You've got the central pillars and then people NASCAR around them. Like So a lot of it is central pillars. I think opening up a lot of those maps would help stop NASCAR. I think that would be one thing. Um, you can also... You can also... You know, I've heard people talk about NASCAR also occurs because um, in quick play, the attackers are favoured. And some people some people remark that that's because um, it, can be, it can be difficult to defend positions because of, like, um, what's one way? You know, lowered agility makes it more difficult to peek in and out without taking too much damage. And yep. I don't know, maybe strikes are overpowered, so holding down a defensible position well, we've just you know essentially nerf strikes. Yeah. Before would really you could you could lose forty percent of your mech from a from an unlucky strike, you know. Yeah. So it's harder to defend the position. There's a lot of concepts that that go into it. You know. I think they're all I think they're all true in some ways. I mean, there's yeah. got to be there's there's got to be because I mean the the nerfs the unfunning if you will of MWO the nerfs that were happening. I like I like that um that right. concept the unfunning of MWO. Right. That's I mean because. You know, I hate the term TTK because time to kill got. It, I I feel like it just became a scapegoat concept that like, uh, Paul and Chris were using, but like it just lost its meaning because it's like, when you slow mechs down, not all of them, like you said, some got faster, but when you when you slow, your assaults become vulnerable. I mean, they're a liability now. Like they're not scary. Same thing with heavies. You come scale and and just the weapons and the changes and the next thing you know you, you know like you come around a corner and you're just not really as frightened of a dire wolf as mm -hmm. you used to be right so like i feel like that uh spawn locations and stuff I, I think we can obviously talk but i feel like nascar is is a is an effect that is caused by player behavior caused by balance changes and then it's exacerbated on certain maps because of map design well, you can even say like look at it as from a mech perspective the vast majority of mechs are right-sided yep yeah that's how it so started you remember wanna, you, you want to move to the right so you can yeah. peek around and then protect your your, your worst torso and that makes also mechs mechs that are left-sided like the zeus it makes them more difficult to play because if you're gonna if you want to just have to keep up with the nazcar you got your weapons on the wrong side of the mech to be able to shoot with. I mean, look at look at Cataphract, Three Delta, and the Dragon Slayer, and then back in the day they were the mechs, and then, and the then Highlander as well. Yeah. And then, then the right Shadowhawk, and it was like eh, Shadowhawk, but there was like oh AC twenty and you know jump jets, and then it replaced the Hunchback. You know, like it was it's oh, yeah, yeah. the the evolving of the the dynamic. But um, let's talk about um, 
let's talk about skill tree for a second. I I loathe this skill tree. So I, I was about to say it's something you're very passionate about. I I think I, you're more passionate about it than I am. I feel that it's led to thousands of people leaving. Like this is one of those things where a, a top level management actually I can point out on the timeline the Yarl's list to a random MWO player the date that skill tree came out and the drop off the months <laughs> right that is like to me it's like it's it's a huge and now granted i think matt and darren are not tied to keeping it it's just resources right now which is engineers to be able to and, and then a design i just feel that that is such a key thing to it's it's i've said this before it's shit it was never designed for players. It was designed to replace the three of a kind system that made the grind uh, worse. And then also I feel yeah. like it was so out of place with Bearclaw said this last time we were doing, he said, why can't a mech just be a mech and just, just be like, why, why do I need to invest anything to make its agility? Why do I need to make anything to make its firepower? And there's something to be said there, and, and that's why I was sort of like, I've, I've been talking about a lot about why can't just a, whatever it gets replaced with should be like specialization of it, like the Raven getting a bigger bubble or whatever, like uh, uh, whatever you want to go. And that's where like uh, imagination has to come out as far as like stuff. But like, I just feel like it's been, as soon as it came out, Rush should have just put on the brakes and said, we didn't get this right. We're going to revert it. We're going to work. But this is going back to what I was saying. 2018, yeah. I don't think it was, I, I don't, you didn't have the, the right mindset. So that's how I yeah, feel I mean, about the skill tree. How do you feel about yeah. the skill tree? Well, I agree with you in terms of a business sense. If you look at the numbers and the population and the drop-off that happened and the negative feedback from the skill tree, it should have been obvious that you would revert it. And then work on it to be better. True. Because it was just the, just all those numbers just indicated it didn't work, right? And it doesn't take, um, it doesn't take you know like a high level professional analyst to be able to realize that. Yeah. Um, in the current time, you're correct. And again, it's one of those things where PGI just currently, well, they have the resources, but they're using them elsewhere, right? They're Mech working on MechWarrior 5, and they've got another IP that I've, I don't know much about that apparently they're working on. No one so does. They're currently, yeah, no one does. So they're currently you know, moving, like putting their resource in that and not into MechWarrior. Um, in the future, it's definitely one of those things that needs a big look at. And yeah, it, it has too much, for me, it has too much of an impact on how good a mech is. Some like people throw out numbers all the time. You know, it's a mech is 100% better when it's fully skilled or whatever, you know, however they want to describe it. What it comes down to is the feel. Essentially, when you have an unskilled mech, it feels bad to play. And then when you fully skill it up in the correct way, it feels nice to play. And it shouldn't be that way. It should be the baseline should be this mech feels nice to play. And then, yeah, I can do some cool stuff with whatever this extra system is. My, my concept has always been, and this is by no means a fleshed out, thought out idea that I'm going to present, but my concept's always been, yes, you have your base mech, like you said, it's good, you can pilot everything. And then you could have some system which is almost a kind to like, you know, I don't like the, I don't like the word skill tree either, because how, how can a mech have skills? It's weird. Um, maybe like it could be something to do with like mech tuning. 
I don't know, you know, like equipment you upgrades. Yeah, some, like some, you know, yeah. you can you can make your mech slightly quicker. You can make it do this slightly better, but not to the extent where it has to be fully like skilled out to be useful. Just just to the fact where it can be a bit better, a bit more specialized, like you were saying. I th- I like that concept. As to the design and the implementation of all that, that's again, that's a very large project. Yeah, that's where I feel it's like PTS large. and like. That's yeah, where yeah, I that's, see PTS. That needs, like, but that needs like yeah. almost a development team, like yeah. to properly flesh it out and work on it. That's a, it's a big undertaking. Yeah. One easy way we could do, and we've looked at in the cauldron, is, um, is simply halving the amount of skill nodes. Yeah. <laughs> like you just condense them and make it like instead of, you know, however many there are, you just literally cut them in half, yeah. and you don't even have to mess with the numbers too much. You can keep the numbers about the same. You know, yeah. just doubling the amount one skill nodes gives you. But that'd be one relatively simple way you could make it a bit better reduce the amount of clicks and etc et someone um someone actually brought up and it was quite interesting in chat uh shout out to Wyrot tori <clears throat> had him on the uh, podcast guest a few times he's uh our lead engineer for mech commander mercenaries and uh he said what would you do what would just remove the firepower tree and then like that that does change things like just like just removing the fire because again when it goes to you're always going to pick firepower you're going to pick survivability and then what ecm if you have it you're going to have to invest 13 nodes if you're mm-hmm. going to take radar deprivation if you don't uh are you going to take strikes how many strike i mean operations are you a laser vomit and you got to invest in that so it's just it's like that's where i feel like even if you consolidate which in the interim, if you guys can do that without an engineer, which I still think you have to have an engineer do that. No, you still have to have an engineer. Right? So again, crux of it. But the if only it's... thing we can currently do is change the values that exist on the skill tree. Yeah. So for example, one concept we're looking at is, um, this sort of goes along the line of what we're discussing. ECM at the moment is almost useless unless you have the double skill nodes. Like... Like it's Literally. very close to useless, yeah. like completely without skill nodes. Which means if you have it on like a trial mech for a new player, or a new player has bought an ECM mech, they don't, they won't even realize that. But it just yep. won't do anything, and like they won't understand. So what we're looking at is increasing the base, um, the base like value of ECM, value. Yep. and then reducing the skill nodes. So at the end, a, a skilled out, you know, with the two ECM nodes is the same as now. Like so, we're not buffing it or nerfing it. But just the base of the ECM yep. equipment is is more usable. Yeah. You know, so it's less reliant on the skill tree to be actually functioning. Yeah. So that's something we can do, and that's something we're looking at implementing in the in a future patch. But apart from that, like as to the, like you know the layout of the skill tree or the amount of nodes, we can't we can't affect those. But even if it even if it doesn't require like physically a whole lot of engineer time, which I don't think it does to consolidate uh, stuff. I think that's better than what we have right now, but my biggest issue still is that it's a it's a system designed by Paul for something that I just don't feel fits mm. Mech Warrior online. Yeah. Like I, I suppose just... there's one way we could hack a hack a fix. You you set all the all the costs of the skill nodes to zero, but then you also set all the values to zero. <laughs> so, you, so it just wouldn't, functionally it wouldn't do anything. You could still click it, but it wouldn't actually do anything. That's yeah. the that's the super hack way of doing it. Yeah. They, obviously, it's not something you'd want to do. But I, yeah. I just feel like that it's funny because the more and more we go on, I actually I see what's done with the skill tree and the lack thereof of 
mech uniqueness as far as outside of just the like firepower and mobility right like you have stuff in the skill tree that's actually really really cool like or modules that used to be modules like radar deprivation is a really cool thing on paper but what they chose to do is instead of saying only this mech or these chassis or variants have this unique ability almost like a role of warfare um they just said blanket you can choose well the only, the only thing with that is is they become some of them become so powerful like radar deprivation was the go-to module then you dumped it into a skill tree and you made choice well of course they're going to go to firepower and survivability like there's no there's no choice it's a it's a it's a fallacy it's it's not actual like when you get down to it there are nodes that you just never want to ever use or won't use because of whatever reason and i feel like the same thing with like seismic and stuff you have all these mechs that lack in firepower and information warfare is important even though i know info warfare that was a joke for the longest time um but like uavs or like those things what they did is they just made them global instead of making chassis and, and variants yeah. have unique characteristics whether it's increased ammo and i know you guys again are talking a lot of stuff behind the scenes with quirks and i'm excited for that but i feel like that's another issue that I feel like this skill tree is one, literally there's no tutorial on it. Two, it's not explained to the uniqueness of what you just said about ECM. Like, and also why am I having to invest in nodes to make a piece of equipment work? Like it just, yeah. it's counterintuitive. And then three- It should just work. <laughs> it should just work. And then three, yeah. you have a thousands upon thousands of quirk inputs that you can't distinguish once you start messing with the skill tree and you could easily just consolidate those to where it's just one system and you don't have to worry about anything um but I, yeah I, I feel like skill tree it just it needs to like it needs to go like i just don't i think in the inner uh, like the, the the in between time yeah reduce them and but I, I just feel like I think for now the cauldron's approach is we're just not touching skill tree just because most of the stuff that you'd want to do with it does require engineers and anything we could do as I said would just it's just yes. it'd be basically a hack job yeah um I've always found it interesting in in MechWarrior um yeah there's a lot of games you know free-to-play games where they want you to have a grind to keep you know to keep the progression up to keep like a goal I've always found it strange that mechs don't have levels like in the sense of, you know, like just an experience level for how much you play, and then you unlock like a new cool camo for it. Yeah, I've always found that interesting. So the 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 skilling's always in, gone directly towards making the mech better. Better. Yeah. Whereas you could you could have it, this other system where it's like, yeah, you got to grind your mech out, and eventually you get like a cool camo that's like you know, prestige. Like it doesn't do anything, yeah, it's but it's prestige. just cool. It's like, yeah. hey, you've you've played this mech so much, you've hit. You know, like sort of like the prestige system in Call of Duty. Yeah, prestige. Yeah. Whereas, yeah, like it's just, you know, oh, I've got prestige 10 mech like on yeah. my Locust, which is my favorite mech. So I unlocked like, I don't know, we won't call it, we won't call it the gold camo. We'll call it the platinum camo for yeah. it. Yeah, you know? bronze, so suddenly silver. it's got this cool exclusive camo that you can only get from playing that mech a ton. Yeah. I've always thought like that concept would be way better than having to grind it to make your mech just simply better. Yeah. I think playable even. I think what it is is you have a the original design was based on that old Rhine mechanic three max world of yeah. tanks still did that sort of grind you know like they have their tier system they didn't so yeah, they that's, that that seems very outdated 
yeah. well, even now that's incredibly outdated. It's, exactly. Me. And yeah. then they did the skill system, but it, and the problem is the other games didn't go that route. What they did is they upgraded their uh, season pass model. They kept sort of the grind, but World of Tanks, they have just a linear path upgrade with a little bit of choice depending on the tank, which I've always felt mm. would be really, really good for... It's very easy to explain, you know, like, oh, hey, you've got that maybe on the Timberwolf, you only have one level of, uh, you know, cockpit sensors because guess what? It's good in other, but like, yeah, uh, you have to choose between a hunchback having a, um, does, uh, are you wanting multiple ballistics or only one ballistic on the hunchback? Well, you got to choose between, you know, a big 205 millimeter, or do you want a smaller caliber and you know, whatever it is, but yeah, I, I don't know. Um, I think it'd be, <laughs> If I ever get a chance to do like a post-mortem with Paul about MWO, that would be an interesting podcast. Like, let's real talk, Paul. The positives and the negatives of, of I mean, everything that went on. Yeah, because one, we haven't seen him. Um, he actually popped in my chat. I He did not confirm, but I think he's working on the new IP, whatever that IP is. Uh, yeah. And they won't talk about it. Obviously, I get it. NDAs, no, all well, that That's fun fine, stuff. of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I do know that a lot of people who have worked on MechWarrior online in the past don't want to return to it. And from a professional standpoint, that makes perfect sense. Like it's, you, as a professional, you want to work on new projects, at least in my perspective, you don't want to always just sit on the same thing. Um, because sitting on the same thing and doing the same thing, you know, can, can feel like stagnation, essentially, especially if you're not necessarily super passionate about that particular project. Yeah. Some people will be passionate about it and they'll want to, you know, return, as I believe um Mark Nicholson in particular has, yeah. you know, has said that he wants he wanted to return to the project yeah. and work on it, something of a passion of his, and that's great. But I can see, you know, like I don't know Paul, I've I think I might have said hello to him or met, I've met him a couple of times like at Metcon twenty eighteen, mm -hmm. for example, but I don't really know him at all. Um but I can imagine from his perspective that he doesn't want to return and I don't blame him in any by any yeah. means. I think, in fact, I think it's probably it. You know, for me, if I if it was that was my position, I I would do the same thing. I think sure. I'd no. I want to work on a new project and do something. You know, yeah, that's that's different. Yeah, I think if yeah, I I could especially if BattleTech wasn't your something you grew up like. I guess that's a difference between like myself or you mentioned yourself. You played all the games. You may go back and say, hey, I actually have the opportunity now to... to well, yeah, yeah, it's different you, in that sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a passion, like, as well, opposed to like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It'd yeah, be like, oh, you know, yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, skill tree. And then, um, you know, we we already talked about maps. Let's talk about the, the patch that just happened. You guys... Am I correct in saying um, that the March patch was a blessing in disguise a blessing in disguise in terms of um it happened having a nice contrast well it happened and then it forced the changes instead of going to pts just it, it w the culmination of events it just it led to us getting i think to april and the weapon changes and now majility a lot quicker i think mm-hmm and then the community can also see the contrast of what the yeah. cauldron wants and is going for versus what, you know, Chris wanted. Yeah. So, I mean, the cauldron, 
we chose weapons purposely for that reason as well to be able to do, give that contrast. So in that sense, it wasn't just it wasn't a coincidence, you know. Um, it was like, well, okay, PGI had their turn with finally doing some weapon some changes to the game, which hadn't happened in years. Those changes were not received well by the community. To say and so, those. okay, well, let's well let's also focus on weapons. Weapons are a great one to start with, anyway. Sure. Let's also focus on weapons, and let's see if we can get better responses. Now, overwhelmingly, we have, in sure. especially in comparison. I did um, a very small, you know, analysis before even the patch dropped, and the and the you know the so-called approval rating was around ninety percent for for being positive. A lot of those are, you know, a lot of that, a significant portion of that, of course, was like, overall, it's great, except I have these concerns. True. I counted those as being positive. I only really count the negatives as like, this sounds horrible, you know, or they were mainly negative posts. And of course, me being involved in it, I have bias. True. So as, as the amount of bias I might have, you know, you could say 5%, 10%, it doesn't matter. If you're looking at a 90% approval rating, even with a very large amount of bias, it's still overwhelmingly positive. In comparison to the March patch, which was overwhelming negative, it's you. like you can mess with the statistics and approvals as much as you want. Sure. The fact remains, March was negative, April was positive, sure. and you know I definitely am not going to say you know like 100% everything we did was awesome, sure, because you can't achieve that. Sure. But I'm, I'm very happy personally with how it's turned out and the amount of feedback we're giving, and it's. And I think um, that, yeah, so I agree with you. It was, in a way, a blessing in disguise. But uh, was, it, was it completely coincidental that it happened exactly how it was? Was there some thoughts in the back of people's minds that had made it move that way? I don't know. I'm not, know I'm not privy to their inside thoughts. Yeah, I don't know. But maybe, maybe there was something more going on as well, you know? That's, how, how, that's how not to be, you know... Yeah, how hard is it? Because like I, I look at, is there any other PV? I, like, legitimately, I'm asking. Like, it's it's not difficult balancing the weapons because you have so many variables and so many mechs. Like, one like can one mech just like ruin every? Like, I don't know. Like, I'm I'm asking you. Like, how hard is it from your perspective of? Because your guys' goal is to make every weapon system have a place. You don't not necessarily mm -hmm. be like, you just don't want, and, and I feel like you guys have done a really good job. Like there hasn't been one weapon system that's just like became king. Like legitimately, like I, I can't off this past. That's my perspective as well. Like, I feel you know, that a lot more weapons are viable and I feel that there's no one overpowered, you know, take yeah. this and you're always going to win weapon either. Um, as to how difficult it is, I think it's very difficult. Personally, I think it's hard. <laughs> it really is. It's a very complex system and there's a lot of variables. Yeah. And especially when you can't live test anything. Yeah. Like that's that's honestly quite scary, not being yeah. able to test anything. You've sort of got to you know, you test it in the limited way you can. You can do offline testing. Yep. Um and you can, you know, of course do the old balance by spreadsheet. Um, I think I think the only reason it's been successful is because of the amount of experience that people in the cauldron have. And so, you know, it's 
I'll just I don't I won't talk about anyone else's experience. Some people have more experience than me in the game. I have I think well over ten thousand hours playing this game, like which is an enormous amount. It's yeah. insanely amount. You know, it's my hobby, and I find you know I always of course look at having a good you know life balance. So I'm a very I'm a very sporty person as well. I play a lot of sports. I have a career, family, so I always make sure I'm balancing my life. But I do have an extensive amount of time playing the game. And at quite a high level, a very successful level, um, and it's still difficult for me. It's not easy to like to look at it all and go, well, you know, some things are obvious, yes. Other things aren't obvious. Yeah. Some things, even with all that experience, you can look at, and as you said, someone else with as much or more experience will have a different perspective. It doesn't necessarily mean I'm right and the other person's wrong. It's not the way it is, but it's. You know, it's it's not an easy thing, and I don't think there's any right or wrong answer, like in an absolute sense either. Sure. I don't think you can look at it and go, okay, this weapon's overpowered if it has this number completely compared to this number. Yeah. Because there's there's so many variables going on. Yeah. Well, you guys are. I think you guys did a great job as far as releasing the patch. Mm. Nothing became dominant. It's not like we've seen in the past where like small pulse lasers, and you just saw like. Arctic cheetah is just dominating or like piranhas just going around like they're still like dangerous but like you can still put them in your place or you know like you know ERPPCs before uh, March February you saw the three peep beagle it's still out there you're seeing it but then you're also seeing large pulse being used and your large is being used and like other auto cannons again. yeah like oh Jesus I'm the first match I had and I had peeps, I was like, I was blown away about how quick they fire. And I was like, oh yeah, this is what they used to be like. Just that month From of the March, yeah. the dark age. Um, yeah, that but in, sa in saying that, clan PPCs were incredibly dominant in the March patch. And and they were already dominant prior. And no, but the, the March patch made them better. Yeah, but every that, sense essentially. But yeah. that's where I feel like it just reinforces that, you know, like how out of touch, uh, Chris was because you know he in his paragraph that he had on his the 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 patch notes and this is I'm just being critical here his definition of what he was trying to do and it obviously was like not even close of like the IS like everybody experimented the first few days with IS PPCs and then it was like clan PPCs everywhere it was as far as you can see simba like you own this you know like that's what i'm saying it was like yes um and well they were to be fair as well um they, they were, were accidentally over yes yes they were yeah. so there was, a, there was a there was a little a little a little mistake, mistake. In the, which right, made yeah. them even better than they should have been yeah. um, um but yeah anyway. so I, I feel like you guys have done a good job what interests me the most is majility and mechs feeling agile obviously we have confirmation that is actually happening with the may patch you guys just posted um well i will clarify okay. that it's not completely locked into may okay not 100 percent. yeah okay so we're hopefully we will have it locked in soon but it's not like 100 percent. it's definitely in may we're good to go darren don't mess this up i'm holding you to <laughs> it all right well you know there's a lot of things that go into it of course but who do we need to sacrifice Bear claw, he's young, you know, like I don't. Yeah, yeah. Right. So it's yeah. it's it is not a hundred percent locked in. Um, we've released the stats because from the cauldron's perspective, like we've completed our side okay. of you know what yeah. what we want it to look like, and we've released it for feedback. And and um, to be fair, 
Darren and Matt are consumed, if you guys don't know, with Mech 5 release on yeah, Xbox, Steam and GOG. Yeah, and, and everything, um, I know he has been hounded about the Steam packs and basically said is we've just, we don't have enough resources. We don't have enough manpower. Uh, and I quote, um, we'd rather focus on the patch and getting stuff in instead of just selling you stuff. So that was his response to that. Uh, and I'm assuming they're just swamped. So maybe cross our fingers. Yeah, yeah. No, I've had I've had um I've had a fair few meetings with Darren and Matt, in particular Darren recently. Um, and yeah, he's he's an extremely busy person, by no fault of his own. He has he has very good intentions, and I was definitely apprehensive when it was announced he was the new community manager. Sure. I didn't know him very well. And, you know, there was sort of a thing, oh, we've got a big update. And it's like, oh, it's a new community manager. And it was sort of like, oh, everyone was sort of like, oh, well, great. You know, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> the shill is back. But, right. yeah, yeah, but but yeah. in that sense, I think he's done a great job so far yep. with, with the amount of resources he has. And at the end of the day, it's it's it comes down to PGI. They need to spend more money. <laughs> they need to devote more resources if they want it to be successful. Yeah. That's what it comes down to at the end of the day. It's, but they, of course, have to make a business decision. Yeah, I, I, you know... They have to make it. They have to make it. They want to just, like, maintenance mode sort of improve it or do they want to literally improve it? And is it is from a business perspective, is that effective? Is it going to be, like, you know, you have to do a cost analysis on that sort of thing. Yeah. But what's weird is... You have Darren say that the Striker Pack has outsold... The last pack that they did, which was the Dervis, Dervish, right? Dervish, he said yeah. he said he said that online. He said it's been very well received. Oh, I, I didn't know that, so that's, yeah. that's also here, I suppose in a way. Yeah, and and to be fair, the Striker Max are actually okay. They're not bad with the, the with the quirks they were given from you guys, and then just the overall value. If you like the direction of like, hey, they're doing weapon balance changes from the community. Hey, they're doing May or hopefully May agility. But even if they, it's not all May, they're actually they're going in this direction. I think it's good value. 20 bucks, go spend. Yeah, sure. If you got 20 bucks, you want to support that behavior. My issue is I still question. I don't know if it, the motive is the correct term, not from Darren or Matt, but from like, you know, Darren and Matt, they have to say the words that, you know, HR is doing the best they can. We're bringing people as quickly as it can. We got Mech 5 Illumin over and I get that. I get that. I get that. But, but the little guy on my shoulder is still going of, is Russ just basically just is he is he not milking it? Is that the like do you do you get what I'm trying to say? Is like Yeah, well I, I can uh, I can verbalize it, I suppose, in my from my perspective. Yeah, okay, let's see. Let's see get yeah. So as we all know, PGI was bought by a publicly listed company. Yeah. And as a part of the deal, you know, when you're bought by a publicly listed company, suddenly a lot of your documents are now public because the company's publicly listed. And so we can all see the documents, and as part of that sale, there is a performance bonus. Yep, sixty million yeah. Canadian. Yeah, right. Yeah, yep. So there's a big performance bonus for hitting certain markers. So the, for me, as totally, you know, this is my hobby. I'm not associated with anyone or anything, so I can speak my mind and say what I want. Is PGI just in making sure they get their performance bonus? Yeah. That, and then once yeah. they get their performance bonus, are we going to see? Great, we got our bonus. Let's do our other stuff. Yeah. That's the fear in my mind. Yeah. I yeah. I yeah, that sums it up. Because like So yeah. Yeah. So I suppose just just to add to that, given that I think that that 
is a possibility, even if it's a very negative thought pattern. This is therefore an opportunity to stabilize the game into something better than it was stabilized in before. Yep. So if we do get another downturn or a closing of shop type of situation, and then the game's eventually going to peter out X, Y, and Z, you know, be all negative about that. You know, people people have been talking about the death of the game since 2013, sure. whatever. I still enjoy the game. I'll still keep playing it, you know. I don't know for how long, if, if production stops again, whatever, you know, you never know the future. But this seems like a perfect opportunity for me and the community to, if, if there is going to be another closed shop in the future, whether it's next year or in five years of the track, at least we can get it to a better position than it was exactly. before. And right? enjoy it for the next five years. So, so it won't be wasted. Yeah, so it won't yeah, be wasted effort. 100% in my mind. agree. 100% agree. Yeah. I, I, you said it correctly because I, I just couldn't form the words because like there's that fear of are they just doing this to get the incentive of the bonus? Obviously, Mech 5 coming out, Xbox, Steam. Look, we know it did well enough to where the public company, like you said, EG7, said it sold hundreds of thousands. So even if you took the lowest number there, hundreds, which is plural, which is 200, you know it made a good enough uh, uh, good enough money and then whatever EG or, um, EGS gave them to be exclusive mm -hmm. so forth and so on and I think we still got a better product even the state of the game than we would have if they would have just released at set point in time but it's about to hit Steam uh, it's about to hit uh, Xbox and GOG and so we know it's going to at least sell like there are people that are waiting for it on those platforms uh, what we don't know right now is we don't know if they Outside of just Heroes of the Inner Sphere, we don't know what they've done. Have they have done the story, the storytelling? We just don't know. No one knows. Mm -hmm. And I would suspect it's May. It releases May 27th. Suspect hopefully within the next few weeks, we'd get some marketing material that Darren keeps touting marketing, marketing, marketing is actually being done. So I would assume. Yep. All that being said, I wonder and I question, is Russ or does Russ see value in... If it does well, will they go back to Microsoft and ask for an extension to where they... Because right now they have four and a half years, maybe four yeah, and a half. Yeah, yeah they, got, they got their five-year extension. Right. Yeah, That's not enough time. He said it's not enough time to basically, you know, in the he, 10, he quoted 10 million, whatever, to blah, 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 to make a new product. And it doesn't have to be MW 2.0. It could just be Mech 5 online or what. I don't know. Living Legends is doing their mod. It'll probably be a few years before we, we see anything major out of that. But... I just wonder, are they waiting to see the, the performance of that and the sales mm. of that before they dedicate anything towards the future of yeah. online mech play? That's, that's yeah. my, we just don't know. Well, I mean, you, you can just look at MechWarrior Online and, you know, people for whatever. So regardless of what anyone will say, MechWarrior Online was profitable. Sure. And, and... And, you know, it may not have been as successful as it could have been, but it was, to some certain extent, successful. It was a successful product. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, the, at the end of the day, it was, it made money. Well, yeah. And it was successful as a product. Now, what you need to look at as a business is, can it be as successful as you want it to be in the future? If we work on another project of similar sort or, you know, you, you need to look at the option and it's purely business as all game development is. In the end of the day, the businesses they you know they they do it you know it's it's money money comes 
It's the same with movies. You know, people can have passion about movies and making them, and that definitely helps in their production. But when it comes down to it, you want to make a movie, you need it to be profitable. You need a producer to back it, to make it happen. Yeah. So it needs to be able to be profitable. Yeah. And then the other, you know, elephant in the room is they are working on a new IP. We don't know anything about it. That's that's where, again, I just, I don't know, man. Like, I'm I'm super stoked for what you guys are doing. I'm excited for the agility. I'm excited to have the conversation about group queue because I feel like that potentially will um, have a big impact. Obviously, one thing we haven't really talked about is, and I because I, I think it's way too early to have a conversation about uh, Solaris and faction play. I feel like there's a lot of possibilities and solutions there as far as yeah. um, the systems that they created um but what I, I what i feel like is you have to be pretty damn sure whatever is suggested suggested isn't just a um you don't end up with the same result they did when they released solaris sort of thing where it just it's literally dead within the first day of mm. you know the game mode um and then faction play i, I feel like is the reason i brought up the, earlier the conversation during group was if you're looking for just a sort of balanced but fun, you know, solos and small group, and that's what quick play is, it's for quick matches. It's quick play. That's it. It's in the name, quick play. But we also recognize that there's some issues with balance. So we're going to reduce group size. We're going to have multiple groups. Solos are going to be involved. We're not going to have to worry about Oceanic uh, because everything's just one thing. Well, where does that leave big group play? And that's where I sort of feel like faction play has to be call it whatever you want, uh, take the name away, faction play, and call it group play, call it faction, whatever, I don't know, whatever it is, but that's where you go for either four mans, eight mans, 12 mans. Obviously, a lot of people enjoy the respawn mechanic, so that maybe is something you base your game modes around, and uh, you know, you've got, again, if they made a Living Legends Conquest-esque, you know, I, I, I would be addicted like crack. Like, I know because I used to play that game back in the day. Like, I know that game mode. Um, but I feel like that's where they have to answer is what is outside of yeah. just... Yeah, and I mean, there's, there's a lot of ways you could go. I, the, the, the whole, you know, concept of Solaris was in MechWarrior 4. Yeah. It was sort of, you know, it was free-for-all free was for the all. big drawing card, right? Unfortunately, the way this game was base-coded back in the day... It was base coded to have just two teams, two teams under consideration. Yeah. So that was their roadblock there. Should they have anticipated that 1v1s and 2v2s would not last? Probably, yes. Should they have devoted that many that much resource to just have a 1v1, 2v2 mode? No, they shouldn't have. Yeah. They literally rebranded their game on it. Yeah. Well, I mean, it was dead with, with you know, that's what, that's why, like, of times. maybe that's also too is like, does Russ feel a little bit of um, jadedness when he's like, yeah, there's no, there's no business left in MWO. Right. Cause like, and it's like, all you had to do was just work with your community. Like all you had to do was ask about skill tree before you even pushed it out there. And you would have saved yourself thousands of players of leaving the game. All you'd have to do is just ask like, Hey, here's our proposal for Solaris or just ask, Hey community, what are your best, like, what are your best solutions for, Solaris. What do you, you know, what are you guys feeling? Sort of like, you know. Yeah, I do. I believe there was some limited community involvement in Solaris. Really? Um, 
very limited from my knowledge. I definitely wasn't, weren't a part of that. Um, and I think, I mean, you can look back at the history of this game and say, you know, they've made many wrong turns. Yeah. That's something you can very easily do. But that's looking back retroactively, of course. Yeah. It's say. always easy to look at the past and say, you know, like, this person made this mistake. That's very easy. Yeah, that's easy. Yeah. <laughs> Rather I... than looking forward, it's always more difficult. Yeah. But in saying that, and you can you know, criticize Russ even in, in Pico as a person, you know, all you want. He's, <laughs> he's been very successful yeah. <laughs> for lack of, like, for any measurement you can have. You know, he, he, made, he created a company and he sold it for a lot of money. Yeah. You know, and he's produced the game that, from my knowledge, is the game he wanted to produce, which is really Mech 5. Yeah. He couldn't do that back in the day, which I think is why we ended up with, you know, the free-to-play model MechWare Online. That's, I th- I'm pretty sure he's, a, he, he's even said this, like, the, you know, it was almost like a yep. stepping stone. Yeah. Right? They wanted to do um, Mech 5 from the start. That's what he yeah, wanted. Yeah, and in yeah. that sense, the stepping stone was successful. He managed to generate enough profit from MechWare Online to create the product that he was really after, which is Mech 5. And now, you know, maybe it's not as successful as it could have been, but it seems to be successful. It's being yeah. released on Xbox. It's being released on Steam. It's been already sold X amount of copies, which has made, you know, that a yeah. public listed company has bought the private listed company that he created. It's like it's... And I feel like, like you said at the very beginning of this podcast, which is I, I personally feel like there's plenty of people that will continue buying stuff for MWO and supporting the game to where you said yourself, the striker profit. pack has shown that already. That's Darren said that on, on stream. He said it's outsold yeah. the Dervish pack, you know? And so that, that begs the question of, you know, like, you know, I, I, I think there's just more life out of the, you know, um, the game that, you know, if, if yeah, those decisions as, I, as we started this you know as i said runescape has done exactly this they revived it and it's pretty much better than it's ever been yeah it's more popular and i presume i don't know more profit i presume it would be more profitable than ever yeah. if you were so if let me let me flip the question if you were you had a magic wand would you upgrade mwo and just take what we currently have to unreal or would you create a new game, maybe a Mech 5 Online, and it is slightly... Like, what would you do? What would I do? It's... I'm a, as you've probably noticed, I'm a very rational person. Sure. <laughs> it's, it's very difficult for me to make a proper judgment call what I would do without actually knowing the numbers behind the scenes. No, I'm saying magical. Um, like, what would, what would Crass want? What would you... Would you want... What would I want as a player, not as a business... Yeah, because because all no which all faults... which 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 aspect are you asking me? Are you asking me what would I do as 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 Russ? You or had a magic wand. You asking wand. me what a magic, a magic wand? wand. I could just I don't know. from my you perspective could... though, it'll affect me like as a player. Yes, I suppose. Yeah. Um, what would I do? Yeah, I mean, I would I would continue to work on Mecha Online without devoting a huge amount of resources to it. Like not, I'm not talking like you know. I'm not going to create a huge new development team for online. I'll see how it goes. If it continues to be successful, 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 then I will say, okay, we're going to continue to do small things to Mecha online, and we're going to develop something with Unreal Engine. Yeah, that's what I'd say. So I wouldn't devote huge amount of resources to Mecha online as it is because it's a very old engine. 
And I think, I don't know, I'm definitely not a coder, but from what I've heard from people who are, it's, it's a bit of a, a shit fight, <laughs> for lack of a better word, and, and it's all messed up. So I would work on making, doing the same sort of probably model, some sort of free-to-play model, whether you'd base that around MechWarrior 5 or you just use the same engine and create you know, something different, Mecha Online 2. But, I mean, you've already got all the assets there. The, the very system, I haven't played very much MechWarrior 5, quite honestly, because I'm very much like a... I, I don't derive as much, um, I suppose, pleasure playing against the computer. I like playing against other people yep. you know, most of the time. I used to be a, you know, a, a competitive chess player back in the day and things like that. Um, the, the system of MechWarrior 5 already has like this sort of like setup that is what seemed to be envisioning faction play to be, but in a multiplayer sense. It's already got like a, it seems to me they've done like a single player experience of more what the concept of faction play was originally, right? Yeah. Which never was realized in this game. Yeah. So I don't see why you wouldn't try and develop that. There's a lot of very successful games like EVE Online, which use like a persistent universe type of thing. That seems like you, it is something you couldn't do. As that's, so my magic wand would be realize the proper concept of faction play. Like, so focus the game around that. Because essentially, MechWarrior Online is an arena shooter. You could say, you know, you could say it's a simulator or whatever as well, whatever you want. But at the end of the day, it's like, there's no persistent universal things to do. You just you collect the mechs you want, and then you drop into like an instance. Yeah. You shoot them. Once that instance is over, it's over. That's it. Yeah. It doesn't mean anything. Yeah. So good. I would, yeah, my magic wand. I'd wave it and say, okay, well, here's. I suppose at the end of the day, what I'm saying is, here's Mechra Online, two based on Unreal Engine with a persistent sort of faction play universe based on you know like the actual inner spheres, like the the universe. So then you do so many different things, right? You're engaging the people who love the lore of it. You've got an actual universe now for them. You can move like the competitive, very competitive-minded people over to being competitive within that sort of system. You know, you can properly realize what faction play should have been. That's probably the magic wand that I would wave. Yeah. <laughs> that would be the result. And it's interesting you bring that up because um, we still have not heard whether or not we'll have crossplay, we don't have crossplay between the EGS and Game Pass for Microsoft. Mm. We don't have that right now, and we have not heard and or haven't been told. I suspect it might be part of their marketing. Again, I don't know. Um, that's something we're gonna have to like cross our fingers for. But I feel like if there, there's got God, there has to be crossplay. If they don't have crossplay, it is. I, I don't even I don't even know. Anyway, my point being is like if they have cross well, these days and A's, every everything's cross play to my knowledge. Well, and that's games. what yeah Microsoft wants that. But I, like again, the Xbox like I just wonder now if you're proposing there's mods and they have the same game. I think you may have a you may have a bigger population. I mean, just think about it. What you just said. You you give MWO enough resources where it keeps going for a while. You you. You basically placate the population until they can basically be moved over to this new Mech 5 online. You have to buy Mech 5 maybe to even use it. Maybe not. Maybe it's sort of like Warzone where you can play the online portion free and if you want the other stuff, you have to yeah. buy it. Well, uh, StarCraft 2, a game I used to play 
quite extensively and I still play a little bit has moved to that model now. You can play like StarCraft 2 multiplayer for free. Yeah. And but you got to buy the campaign if you want to play the single whole single player experience. Yeah. They could do the same thing with Mech 5. And now you've got maybe a million people playing or have bought the game on Xbox and Steam and GOG and now you've got the PC uh player base. You know, again, I don't know. Maybe now you have a bigger audience than uh, the biggest audience you ever had in MWO. Now you have a bigger audience just to Mech 5 just to basically smash and have multiple, you know, um, cross-play, I mean, opportunities. I Like the business perspective, I look at it that is like, yeah, that's great because then all of your, all of them are playing against each other. You don't have these, you don't have uh, buckets and buckets are no. bad, right? Yeah. So the buckets are bad. Yeah, buckets are bad. <laughs> Oh my gosh, Solaris. Interesting um, concept, isn't it? It all comes around, right? Yeah, right. Splitting your player base if, if they can do it. I mean, I'm again I'm I don't know. We haven't heard anything. We I mean, uh me, Nutty, Star Wolf, and and Violent did that promo for Mech 5 in the new game mode. Mm -hmm. That's it. Like so I, I I don't know. I don't know. We'll have to see, won't we? Yeah. And I mean, I I don't know. I'm presuming that PGI don't necessarily know either in for a lot of this stuff, right? I mean, if you're going to look at, you know, cost analysis and looking forward of plans, usually you'll have a few different models of plans of sure. eventualities that you could pursue, right? They'll have DLC And too. that would depend on, it depends on, you know, again, coming down to money and popularity. Has it go well? You know, does it not go well? You know, is there... Is there feasibility in doing this project? Is it going to take too much resources to try and do that with too little cost? Like it's, there's all those business perspectives inside of things that really need to be fleshed out. And end of the day, I think they've done well so far with MechWarrior Online in terms of trying to revive it with the limited resource they have. Should they have put more resources into it? Should they have not abandoned it in the first place? Those are different concepts yeah, that, a... you know, you could say yes or no to. Most people would say, yeah, like, you know, they should have, blah, blah, blah. But regard end of the day, I think so far it's been going well. And I'm positive for the future of it. But I'm also realistic in that if it just, if it all falls apart again in the future, I don't think it's, I don't think, you know, the, the effort that I've put in personally or, you know, the effort the community has put in or the cauldrons put in will be futile. Sure. We've got a March. We've got a, a an April patch in with weapon balances that I think is an improvement over what we had um, for a few years. Is it perfect? No, but is it an improvement? Yes, I do. And you're and you're making changes next month, and you're going to be making yeah, yeah, small little changes being rolled out next month. But right, I mean, right. even like right, even right now, just say like this randomly goes, they go, no, nope, yeah. it's done, like finished. I think at least that April patch being in is an improvement. Sure. For me, it is at least, and of course, yeah. Me, I, I work directly on it, so it's yeah. it's. I don't I've think got that's, a huge amount of yeah. bias. But. Yeah, I don't. I don't think that's going to happen. I, I, I think. I think. No, you're I don't right. think it's going to happen at all. But it's. Yeah. 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 I. I yeah. So. Um, I'm getting at at least. I think the efforts aren't futile in that sense. And I think it's exciting. Like I said, I, I think I can't wait to hear your guys's discussion as far as um, you know group and solo. Solaris, can you get mm -hmm. like? What's the community's consensus on that? Because I, I feel like there's some some solutions out there. I feel like faction play can be completely reworked. What is that? Again, I, I, I don't know. I think some of that ties yeah, into... so many directions you could go into. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
I, I do have one question, I guess I'll ask before we, we wrap this up, um, is if you could wave your, like, if you could wave your wand, would you do a, would you do a time jump to, um, uh, it would actually be dark age period. Would you do a time jump dark age period next year? If you could wave your wand? Does it have to go to? Does it have to go all the way to? Dark yeah, because yeah, jihad and then dark age, like. But it so could be jihad first. Sure, you could. You could do uh, seasons. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess would you do a time jump? Do you? Do you? You, for me, I look at it on the outside as like all other games that do like new stuff. It usually is a bonus, mm-hmm. right? Is that? Yeah. Okay. New um, toys. Yeah, I mean, I do enjoy the lore very much. I do have to admit that. When it comes to Jihad and Dark Age, I'm very much behind. So I know a lot of the lore, and especially like the the Starleg era, is a you know way back in the past. Mm-hmm. In a in a lore sense, is is one of my favorite timelines. Um, and then as I go forward, I I I lose less and less of my you know my deep knowledge, I suppose. So it's hard to make an informed decision from that perspective. But I do know that there is technology in the current timeline like weapons and things that we don't have in the game that we could implement first. That would be easier to implement. So like things like light ACs, light AC2s, light AC5s. Hags, which may be difficult to balance but could be implemented. You know, there's there's different weapons that you could put in the game without needing a time jump necessarily. And there is still plenty of mechs. Mechs, And good mechs, like... From a competitive sense and from a like you know a, a, a hype just a hype sense yeah there are mechs that could be worthwhile that i will i'll say are worthwhile that could be implemented in the game that are in the current timeline too is omnis could happen we didn't even yeah, talk about yeah, rescale that's, that's a, you know but is omnis are a difficult one right because yeah. if you can't make them you can't make them the same as clan omnis they have to be a little bit different to be able to be usable but anyway yeah no, so i you know, timeline jumps are always fun. I think the amount of resources you might need to devote to that might not necessarily be like I think there's a lot more important stuff. Sure. That you could focus on before you do a timeline jump. If you and new content, definitely. You can do new content within the current timeline. Sure. Mechs, new weapons, you know. Well, I think so we I think, that's more, I think all that stuff's more important first. Yeah. Like I said, I think we yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I agree. I mean, um, again, rescale weapons that are currently there. Uh, game modes, again, can be rehashed. Maps. Those are. All, it's funny because like some of that stuff doesn't necessarily always tie into each other. It's not like an if or then. Like it's like you can. Yeah, you can have. You can do a few different things, right? Yeah. At the same I mean, yeah. even the the trouble of like right now, like even if you want to re introduce new max, well, you've got Mark Nicholson. Well, is he working on a new pack? Then he's working on. He can't do that because he's working on the. Like bolt-ons. Well, presumably then... he'll be presumably he'll be doing the the clan version of the striker pack, right? Right. But then it's like, okay, well, uh, rescale. Can he do it himself? Uh, you know. Then I mean, it's it's just it's one of those things where, um, yeah. At the end of the day, you said something earlier that I think it, I just question over and over, and I wonder why we haven't got an answer. But I think it's because of Mech Five, and it's when will uh, Russ dedicate more resources actually resources and i get it he's their business you don't just throw money at something that you you know uh but and they're full steam ahead on mac 5 i understand that 
but I'm, I'm an MWO player. So it's just one of those. Yeah, it's like, exactly. yeah, that's a cool story. But, you know. Um, yeah, for me, Mech, the Mech 5 release is exciting. Not for the Mech 5 release, but the fact that we could get a big influx of players. Players, you're right. Yeah, yeah, release. Yeah. <laughs> right? I mean, I'm excited for it. I'll play it. Obviously, I'll be streaming it. But it's just, it's one of those things where it's like, I ended up back at MWO. You know, someone asked me. I, I probably won't even play it. Well, yeah. <laughs> so someone I'm asked me. Like, I'm even more in that MWO camp. Yeah. Someone was like, "Could could you stream? Can you stream Mech Five daily?" And I was like, "Right now, no. Like, you could to a very small audience, but like, you know, like, I think that says enough. Mm -hmm. So, I, yeah. But um, I mean, I I I sometimes watch your stream, not very much, but I do sometimes watch it. But I definitely won't watch it if you're streaming Mech Five. <laughs> Understood. Don't don't. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's no criticism on yourself, of course. But no, that's no. Just the reality. Yeah, yeah. Like I'll I'll watch you play Mech Warrior online, but I'm I'm I definitely won't bother when it's Mech Five. I'm not saying uh, there's a hundred percent correlation, but the amount of streamers you have and the activity of Twitch viewers for an online game is pretty indicative of a population as well. I'm not saying it's a hundred percent correlation, mm. yep. but you know when you have individuals like bear duel and beef and you know like coming back and actually like battle battletech correct me if i'm wrong the battletech game and sorry for interrupting yep. the battletech game is decently popular right yes like especially compared to mech 5 in terms of like twitch i, I presume I, yeah well in bear duel I, so bear duel streams that regularly with yeah the, i've seen him get very large numbers of yeah, people yeah. and and his his numbers comparatively of course to Mick yeah Warrior, his right. his numbers come from that he's a good youtuber like so if you want to be yeah, a good yeah. twitch yeah, streamer, you have to, yeah, you have to be a good yeah. youtuber um mm -hmm. the thing what's interesting is like there's a lot of people that like that pve element and i think hps battletech does a really good job of that especially with the mod scene like because they just took off so you can be you can you this have that like rogue tech right yeah. yeah and you have that power and and power dynamic where you can there's still that edge of you can still lose a pilot or lose a piece of equipment so there's still that edge of like you know uh vulnerability and the chance of something you're losing something but then also you have the chance of salvaging that timby or the salvaging that direwolf or that weapon and it's really good like that thing that that godlike power that you get uh in battle tech where some you have that in those mods and and mm -hmm. you know um as far as their uh reddit uh i know they have higher numbers on reddit as far as their overall and again i don't know if there's correlation there uh, there's obviously a large audience that watches videos for for BattleTech, but I think it's also just a different settings. No one plays multiplayer on it. Go figure. They wasted all that no. time in development. Um, I remember. Uh, I remember. I met someone. I met a person in MetCon 2018, and he was like the number one like multiplayer, like mul the number one ranked person in multiplayer for the oh, BattleTech yeah? game. I remember that, yeah. I've never. So I was there. I was I was at Mech, yeah, yeah. MechCon 2018 as a competitor, you know, yeah. MechWare Online, and I was talking to like you know there's a, there's a few different people at the table, and this guy just said like yeah like I'm here as like the I'm the yeah. it's we well, didn't really say you know he wasn't full of himself he didn't say I'm the best but he yeah. was like yeah I'm I'm here because I'm sort of a big one yeah I'm sort of a big deal you know like <laughs> you know like um, he's a really nice guy I can't even remember his name now but that was really surprising because like oh they, like that's cool but yeah I didn't know if there was any scene at all no there's no scene there's no scene and if there is I apologize but if maybe there's some 
very if, small niche if, thing. If you don't know about it and I don't know about it, then obviously, like, I'm just going to toss it out there. Then it's it, it's not newsworthy. It's like it's like when someone it must it's like, be very niche. Yeah, yeah. It's like yeah. someone's like, well, I really like Solaris. You, you, I'm like, you could describe that with MWO. Yeah, I'm like, well. well <laughs> No one plays Solaris, so subjectively, it's if it was fun, mm. there would be people playing it. So yeah. I, I think the problem with it is, is uh, again, it comes down to um, BattleTech hits a niche that I think, and, and a scratch that a lot of BattleTech fans wanted. Mm. I'm disappointed that we're not getting a two, or at least not anytime soon. That you know, yeah. Mitch did say all things in success, and you never say never. I. I feel like BattleTech. Do, do you play it at all, or did you get it at all, or? Yeah, that... yeah, I I bought it and I gave it a go. Um, yeah. for me, I I definitely think it was a good game. I didn't get involved in it very much, but for me, one of my all-time favorite games is is Mech Commander. Yeah. So BattleTech was great, but it was turn-based, yeah. and so it just didn't live up to the Mech Commander yeah. side of me, and which sort of ruined it in a way, even though it could be really good. Let me ask you. Um... Have you played Mech Commander Mercenaries? No, because I don't own Mech Warrior Five. Gotcha. Okay. But maybe with the Steam release. Well, I'll look into it. Maybe. But I have been looking at your development. I, well, we haven't. Exciting for me. We haven't done anything for nine months because literally, Tori has had, uh, didn't have a pregnant wife. Has a pregnant wife. They're having the baby before we even get the game, the the uh, DLC. And we, yeah, so it's, it's one of those where we've been waiting, uh, you know, yeah. I, the, the only problem I have with Mech Commander Mercenaries is that we haven't had the, uh, uh, tools obviously in a very long time. Cause I, I can forgive because of COVID and things slowing down. I, I get it. Mm -hmm. But I think the reality of it is, is just, I think the Xbox took a lot more resources than they anticipated. And that's why we got all the delays. Um, but I would love to do a, a, a more detailed Mech Commander experience and some of the stuff that we want to do sort of splits away because right now it's basically Mech 5 RTS. And what we want to do is make it a Mech Commander and, and we have a lot yeah, of Yeah, like cool make it things. a proper... A proper yeah, and, but then you have, you have to have campaigns. You got to look at story and development. And are you going to do characters and all, like all these all these things yeah. they have a they have a really cool system and there's a lot of tools unfortunately some of that stuff too is um you know there, it's, it's it's a lot of work like people don't like there's a complete mission uh documentation process now a pgi released that uh that's the only thing they've released that's another mm. side uh that, that that we don't have any you know like no one even knows like there are some team mod there's two mod teams that i know of uh, uh, obviously, Lemon Legends being one of them that's doing their own mechs. Well, there's no, there's no docu documentation. So, like, why? Like, you need that out there. You need to be able. To, how do you get a tank or a vehicle? How do you get a character? Like, all this needs to be documented. Um, and I think you'd see a lot more success. But you have to learn Unreal Engine, and I think that's a big roadblock for the mod scene, which is like it's super powerful, but. You have to learn. It's not like uh, you have to back learn in the, the whole day. engine as opposed to yeah, yeah. having a proper, an easier accessible tool. You don't. You don't have um, the Mech Commander map edit. You know, tool that back in the day, or like a, almost like a shadow run. You don't have that. It's not in a nice little box where you just you do stuff. Um, but uh, yeah, like I would love to do a, a. You know, I mean, if if 
you know, PGI was ever, you know, like, hey, what do you guys, you know, like, uh, let's see if we can come up with a business plan. I'd, you know, I'm sure me and Tori would love to sit down like and be more like, than, more than a mod, sort of, so to speak. Yeah, because like, let's just say, I mean, if, if you only have four and a half years, whatever, four and a half years, or even if you don't, even if you get extended, like, I think there's a, there's a significant amount of people that would love a new mech mirror. But I also feel like, again, you have to... I presume so. Yeah, I don't, again, I don't know how much of a market there actually is and whether you would be, like, you know, sort of not so much stepping on the toes of Battletech, but whether there would... But do you care? Because they're out of the game. No, 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 no like, you wouldn't care at stepping on know? the toes, but, I mean, would there be too much competition from that so. for it to be I don't think because I suppose. if HBS would have stayed in the game maybe but even then they're different it's a it's a turn-based what, what ended up happening know? to them uh they got bought by paradox uh mm, yeah, publisher, that now. yeah and then they're working on two titles we don't as far as right now i don't know anything about them mitch wouldn't talk about them when i did the the podcast with them presumably they're battletech related nope nope they're not none okay. none yeah so it's sort of like the pgi new ip thing we you know makes sense by the way and we also still don't know yeah, of course. diversifying Portfolios, yeah, right? you don't have to go to Microsoft and beg for you know uh, an extension, right? Like you have control over it, or I should say, mm. EG7 now has control over it, um, or whatever. And we also don't know if that was originally PGI's idea or if that was EG7 and just allowed them. I, I again, I don't know, uh, but yeah, but also, too, is like to clarify, you went to documentation earlier, it didn't make PGI necessarily uh wealthy from the buyout, it made the shareholders wealthy declare like they made you know that they got a lot of payouts as well so like uh, and i don't yeah, know who well, the large majority of shareholders are i would guess it was probably russ well no one knows and, because it was a private company yeah, right like yeah it's not so, publicly listed um but yeah i i think mech commander has a special place but i i feel like what's missing out with mech 5 and and even mech commander is like um story actually matters like the idea of like a persistent universe i know we're totally gone off on a tangent here <laughs> is you have to have so much content to make it not feel samesies repetitive like you, you know like that's yeah. what i feel like in mech 5 it's like it literally doesn't matter that you have this map you could have literally just given me a list of job a job b job c oh i got to travel okay whatever like you yeah, yeah. You don't That's even part care. of the whole mercenaries concept, right? Like, as opposed to like, if it was Mech Warrior Five without the mercenaries part, it would you would expect it to be very much more campaign driven, like previous Mech Warriors have maybe, been. The mercenaries but... like attachment to it is sort of it maybe gives not, it that though. concept. No, I don't know because like. No? I feel like that's what's missing is because like when you read the think about it, this I mean it's not just the Mech Warriors. I mean you've got medical staff, you have personnel, you have cooks, you have you you have logistics like you have again for every fighter uh for every marine on the battlefield you have like 10 plus marines behind him you know and multiply that uh you know it's the same sort yeah, of yeah you got support staff and everything yeah, like and when you don't have that when you don't have any type of connection to it you don't have any connection to your like pilots as well like you just don't there's no and it's also a fault of hps battletech again uh, there are some comparisons you know like you can do to both games that i feel like uh i was hoping that pgi would have and maybe they would have if they would have more money i i think the reality of it is is we got the game what we got because of 
whether people yeah. like to hear it or not, it's just money. As I was saying before, it comes down to money at the end of the day. Like, yeah. And how like, much you can, how, and how, how far you can stretch the money that yeah. you do have or you're yeah. willing to spend. Yeah. So uh, I'm hoping it gets better, but um, I feel like Met Committer to me, I don't know how to put my finger on it. I loved the, I love Met Committer. I didn't, and Dark, uh, Darkest Hour. I didn't necessarily like Met Committer 2. Yep, or the graphic same. fidelity, I, I because it was that awkward like. Mick Commander Gold for me was oh, yeah. was my favorite version. Gritty, just, that, just yeah. yeah. Like I can, I still it had a simplicity about it that was also yeah. that was nice. Yeah. And I and I feel like that can be expanded in, and that's sort of like um, one of the things I, I talked to Tori about when it comes to Mech Commander Mercenaries is like, uh, it's like the Mech Lab too. Is we're we're sort of. We're not doing MWO's Mech Lab, but we're also not doing Mech 5's Mech Lab. We're gonna actually do sort of a throwback to Mech 4 because hmm. like when you break it down, like if you live in the Battletech universe, like you would just add like you don't have crits. Like there's no crits on a battle. It's like me saying there's a crit on a M1A1. What are you talking about? Like there's no crit space. All right. There's a mount for a 240 next to the main gun. Like, you know, that's what I'm saying. It's like what happens. In Mech 4, I think what they did is they saw the limitations of Mech 3 which and Mech 2, which is basically the tabletop build rules. That's why variants don't matter. There was, there, you know, like, so... You just threw anything. The, you just the threw anything. Mech Warrior 3, it's like you yeah. just put whatever on them. Mech, Mech Online, they took a step forward and they went back to the hard point system, but they took a step backward in a way, because, in my opinion, because... The crit system, like, why am I putting ammo in legs? That's fucking stupid. And Mech 4 didn't do that. Yeah, they basically said, oh, you want more ammo? You just tick the up box on your weapon, and it decreases by a ton, and you get more ammo. Like, that makes sense, right? Like, it's this weird nuance of this. Yeah, it's strange if you've got, like, a if you've got a weapon in your, like, right shoulder that you have ammo in your left foot. Yeah, it's that's stupid. That's a very strange... Yeah. I Especially, can just imagine like someone drawing it conceptually. You've just got like all these ammo going sort of everywhere. <laughs> yeah, you can't because like, and even, and it doesn't even, it, the problem with that is, is when people try to justify it, it's like, you need to stop because all that is, is a tabletop build rule. Someone made that for the tabletop so you could build stuff. But from a lore perspective, it absolutely makes no sense. Like there's like, yeah. that. that's not a thing. So, um. Yeah, uh, you know, we also too with uh, Mech 5 that I, I have an issue uh, with is like there's no distinction between mechs. Like a Marauder is a Marauder. There's no like old Marauder that has these weird, like, so they have a quirk system coming out with the Heroes and the Spheres. So we were thinking is like, hmm. maybe you find a Marauder that's just beat to shit. It's old. It's going to have some like serious negative like negative stuff that's happening to it but you're still going to want it because it's a marauder and you can take it and spend the money to get rid of some of those negative some of them might be temporary like you take them out on a mission or whatever some might be permanent and you have to take it to go get fixed but it's going to cost money and time isn't it willing or you just take the marauder and it's a marauder and it's better than you know whatever um i wonder if i wonder how many similarities there will be between like the quirks in mechware online and mechware 5 heroes of the atmosphere yeah i don't know i don't know whether they'll be we don't like, know you know you'll see some of the exact same quirks we've had in the past or not well the, interesting yeah i mean like i said it's 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 a single player game so it's different balance yeah, of course very different I, balance i like their quest system i just feel like i want when I play other modern games, and this is where I'm spoiled on one hand, and I I feel like 
our games deserve more. That's not a slight, it's just reality. When you go and play other modern games and you're like, oh man, you know, like, why can't we have a story, a main character with a dialogue? Like, you know, you see all the facial just expressions that now are captured in story and riveting and it pulls your heart out and you're like, mm -hmm. oh, you're rooting for the bad guy, rooting for the, whatever it is. And then you play Mech 5 and it's just like, oh, okay, big stop for robots, you know, and you're like, Remember seeing some meme videos where it's like it looked like they were trying to make the mechs be like expressive, <laughs> like the mechs themselves were characters. Oh yeah, so oh funny. that was the that was the intro. Like the, oh my yeah, god. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, I haven't played. I've barely played this. And game, it was like I played it. In, I played it actually in in again Mech, in MechCon twenty eighteen. Yeah. That was the main place. It was I like that it. stereotypical like the king crab is like, do you really want to do this? Like this is how. And then of course you have this hunchback that's like this yeah like and just the dialogue and then the animations and like you know you look sort of corny <laughs> yeah and 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 that's that's fair criticism when you look at something like titanfall 2 like you play that yeah it's only five hours and yeah there was a bigger budget and more people involved whatever but yeah just it's yeah and like i said I feel like we've gone off here. Uh, you have to do so much to basically make an entire 3,000 plus planets feel like you're not being repetitive. And you could say, maybe that's design scope. Maybe you shouldn't have gone that far and then it's shallow and it needs so much more. I'm hoping with the you know this DLC, it's gonna add 50 quests, I think they said. You're gonna have hero mechs and you know they're gonna do interesting quest lines yeah. for them. You're gonna have quirks, okay. I'm wondering is when are we going to see DLC two, three, four, five, six? Because we're now going to be eighteen months, basically. Year oh, so they've had a long time, right? Yeah, to work man. On this stuff. December so of 20... hopefully it's pretty well fleshed yeah. out. December of 2019. Uh, like that's a long. I get it. COVID. I get it. That's that's fair, but uh, I hope you have to be moving forward as best as you can. Well, I hope the because of eg7 and obviously that wasn't like a it may have happened uh in november or whenever the buyout was or whenever it happened but because of the talks uh russ basically was like hey we need to make this as best as we can and we're you know obviously we're not launching on the 10th we've got you know five extra months we need to make this pretty we need or we need to fix some of the issues and they're able to dump mm -hmm. some money and time and effort I'm, I'm hoping but i don't know anyways man i digress it's been a pleasure talking to you, um, and I look forward to seeing what you guys do in May, uh, whether it's the full shebang or a little bit. I guess we'll find out soon enough. Yeah, we'll see. Well, one, one, we're we're always trying to be transparent, of course, the cauldron. Yeah. So we'll once we know, we'll we'll you know release the information straight away. So that'll be good. Well, and I think it's well, PGI Matt and Darren might do another you know like a another podcast of their own to release the information too. Yeah. Well, and I think it's fair to. Put a face and a voice and someone knows well you're not just some crazy you know try hard out there like gg close and you're not trying to ruin other people's experiences you're you're wanting the game to be fun you want people to come back and um is there any last moment words any last words of advice if someone is listening maybe and they haven't played for a while should they come back um i mean it depends on the reason you left i think at the end of the day if you left because of the the desync, then definitely come back when May hits. 
you know, if if mech if mech mobility was a big reason you left, we're we're really working hard on trying to fix that. So you should definitely come back. If you left for other reasons, like I don't know, like the skill tree, for example, well, it's still really there. So I couldn't, in good faith, recommend that you return because that system hasn't changed yet. So I suppose um, you know, it's just one of those things. Depends on why you left in the first place. Sure. We're really we're really working on making the weapons better. I think we've done a good job. We're going to continue work on that. Mobilities next. Quirks will are planned to be after that. So we'll see. Awesome, man. I think it'll well, be good. And thanks for thanks for the chat. It was good. Yeah, thank you for taking the time. Like I said, this is a long podcast. I was like, oh yeah, maybe like thirty minutes. <laughs> nope, that totally didn't. Oh, they, you know. they blew out a bit. That's yeah. Yeah. So, all right. So we will touch base another day, another time. Thank you so much. Uh, and uh, obviously look forward to seeing what you guys do and uh, hearing back from you, obviously, post May patch. And uh, yeah, man, I do appreciate it. Thank you so much. Cheers. If you enjoyed that podcast, let me know down in the comments down below. I thought it was a great conversation. And quick shout out to Krasnopesky. Man, I always mess that up um for joining on the podcast it was uh it was a perspective and it's uh, insight that i felt like needed to be added to the conversation and i look forward to probably doing another with him in the near future um if you did enjoy the conversation let me know what your thoughts are down below if you are new of course click that follow button you guys know what to do on all the platforms already but I do need your help. I do need your support. Consider becoming a patron. It really does help me pay my bills so I can focus on creating content like this. And if that aligns with your wallet, awesome. If it doesn't, do not ever apologize. Thank you again for listening and watching this podcast. I hope to see you on the next episode. Until next time, Mac Warriors. Peace.